Welcome to another edition of Mass Mats and Ma'am. I'm your host, the Outlaw LA Red. You can find me on Twitter at JustinHarvey75. Joined today once again by uh, Byron Fever over there at Byron Fever. What's up, Byron? Hold on. I'm telling Vinny in the chat room no spoilers. Oh, I no spoilers? I haven't seen the I like spoilers. I haven't seen the show this week. So I don't want I don't want Vinny to spoil it for me in the chat. All room. right. Also joined today by at Lucha Gringo, the infamous Smangry one, the madman. Casey, what's going on, brother? Hey, um Hey Meatloaf. Suck a dick. Take a rules. <laughs> Woo! Now hi hi everyone. Uh I decided to use the great Christopher Lee as my avatar today for no reason. I like that. I like Christopher yeah. Lee. Christopher Lee's solid. I don't know what Byron just said because his mic kind of sucks, but it sounded like he said he wanted to face fuck somebody. I think no, he did. It's because your face is ugly. Hey, I want to give a shout out to Mr. Krabs. I really don't get what's in that guy's head ever and what's going on, but I appreciate it. Are there any other shout outs I need to give? We need Dude, a shout out to the, Johnny the Ace, Johnny man. Johnny. It's his birthday and shit. Oh, fuck. For real? Yeah. yeah well, happy birthday. I want to give a shout out to Matt Stryker giving a shout out to the explosion. That was Johnny Ace. If you read the tweet. He called him the explosion that is Johnny. No, his birthday. Him like, you know, what happens when you're born. He was giving a shout out to that explosion. Oh, nice. Nice. I'm already out of things to say, Justin. <laughs> oh, well, don't worry, because I've got plenty of things to say. Um, <laughs> Shout-outs to anyone who's bought one of our shirts first and foreskin. Um, there's a good solid 20 people out there that own them. Nobody rocks them like Kevin Flynn, but that's, uh, those, that's my shout-out. So if you bought a shirt, let us know in the chat room, and Byron will shout you out, because those are the people we really care about. They're the people that keep this fucking show on the air. Yeah, but not Meatloaf because he's fucking banned for life. No shout outs. Is he still banned for life, dude? You know what? That hurt from saying the sting. The sting is better than the Undertaker. That a fucking mime is better than guys, the Undertaker. Guys, we have important questions popping he, up. He's also Cuerno's biggest fan, though. So you know how I feel about it. We have yeah. important questions popping up in the chat room. What's the important okay. question, Byron? It's probably about you, right? It's gonna put yourself over. He's, okay, we don't have to take it. <laughs> yeah, I was right, isn't it? No, go ahead. What's the question? Because now we want to know. Well, now we want to see how you're going to put yourself over. Hey, Mr. hey, Batman fan. What's your favorite Batman comic? Do you even know what, who the fuck Mr. Bruce Wayne is, you fucking Mr. poser? Mr. Krabs uh, asked if Bryron was at some NXT tapings that aired recently. And I would like to say that, yes, I was there keeping the show going with my enthusiasm. You can see me clapping. For Chris Hero, what you didn't see was me giving him the forearm salute, and then he saluted me back. And then, um, unfortunately, he lost, but he lost to Tommy in, so I think it was okay. Those aren't even WWE names. I don't even know who you're talking about. Dude, I know I wore, Tommy in because that guy's my fucking hero. Love yeah, that yeah. guy. I wore my Tommy in shirt while I was saluting Chris Hero. What's his new name? Alistair Black. Casey, what does it yeah. mean? Well, that's not a terrible Alistair, name. It's after Aleister Crawley. There you go. Uh, fucking great. 
Look okay. Them up. There's a lot of butt fucking in that story. Okay. There you go. Vinny, I don't know if you listened to last week. I see that you're in the chat room, but you should definitely listen to last week's episode yeah. since we gave you high praise for your, your match against the machine. Because we absolutely fucking buried you. <laughs> oh, that was an awesome Did match. Did we bury him last week? I thought we were going to bury him this week. I thought this week no, was the week to bury No, we were else. nice to Vinny. The people that were on the show this week is who we're going to be mean to. And the people yeah. that created the people that are on the show this week. Wait. Okay, guys, well, before can we, do, can we do can we do it in order of hierarchy? Um so that we're 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 shitting on people from the top down. <laughs> yeah, but also um I want to not reveal who um the new guy is until people watch him wrestle so that they can rack their brains trying to figure it out. And Meatloaf, if you tell them in the fucking chat, I'll hate you forever. All right. So we'll tell them next week. All right, so here, here, here's the first, the first place I got to start. What really got under my skin this week, after a, a rather lovely week of a weekend of watching Glow and then of getting out of Kansas City and getting back to LA, that was all very lovely. Then I uh, went to Raw on Monday, which I'll talk about a little bit later. Um, some of it was gross. Some of it was definitely gross. Some of it was awesome. Some of it was really, really gross. And then, uh, you know. I get this text message from from a good friend of the show that reminds me of a very, 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 very sore subject. Got a text from from Marty Elias, and I think it was kind of a blanket text. Maybe sent it to everybody. Maybe just sent it to me. I don't know. But it came and it said, today is the one year anniversary of the end of Ultima Lucha 3. And I was like, that's not a good thing. No, that's. This is a wrestling program that's on the air right now, and it has not taped a single match in over a fucking year. A year. And we've got, what, like 15 episodes left this season, something like that? There's a lot of episodes left in three. And they're good ones, too, but, I mean, I can't believe it's been seriously a year since we've been to the temple. We have an episode in the can from that day that... I thought we would have run forever ago. I don't even remember what's in there anymore. Oh, we came back and gave our live feelings uh, and our live opinions right after Ultima Lucha Trace because we were so amped up. Because that, I mean, that was back at the height of like, dude, this show is awesome. Keep it going. This is the greatest thing that ever happened to wrestling. Right? Yeah. So what uh, what and, happened? And we also completely shit on something that we're going to shit on even more tonight. Oh yeah, definitely for sure. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, I haven't seen the episode, but I agree. Oh, you yeah, I don't. Hey, well, you, you were there. You, were there. Yeah. you remember everything from it, um, except the vignettes, and the vignettes were nothing. There was only one vignette that you don't know about, but we will tell you about that at the end of the show. Wonderful, because um, you know so, I will watch it tomorrow. My question is, whose fault is this that I have not been to the temple in a year? Whose fault is this? Who do I have to blame? Is it Evie Dub? Is it Dorian? Is it MGM? Who who am I mad at right now? I would blame El Ray because they it's basically your distribution drives your production. So they don't need to start taping new episodes yet. So they why? don't? Well, I mean, if they're not starting until fall, these episodes will be done by then, and then how long in post production are they gonna need it? We're talking about no new episodes until twenty eighteen then? But it's a television series. It's not. Yeah, uh, but I mean, even network shows. Show. Look at how many episodes they're trying to do. They're trying to do forty episodes. Yeah. 
a network show does 23 and they only go out for three months in the summer. Well, if El Ray, if El Ray felt that they needed to start taping then they would tell the guys to stop taping and they'd have to figure it out. And I think that's, I think El Ray, whatever the logic is, they push the season back to promote other shows and they don't feel like they need, you know, however long it takes to film and then have something done. Well, see, and I oh, look, I don't, I don't, I don't mind the hiatus that they did in the middle of. Well, I do, but at this point, I'm, I'm over it. I get it. It's a TV thing, you know. It's the same thing yeah. Walking Dead does with part A and part B of a season. Whatever. That's how you're getting it done. That's how you're dropping in your new shows, bolstering your network. That's what you got to do. And I, and I dig where they're at right now, and they're pushing the fact that they have original programming. They're pushing all those shows. They're trying to make something out of it. It's the start of something. It's not something. Yeah. But the start of something. I get that. But at the same time, if this is one of your flagship flagship programs and you are at the start of something and you're basing these other shows off of this thing, why is there not more of it already in the pipeline? Like, or, or at least even guaranteed in the pipeline. I haven't even heard for sure. Like, I've heard that some talent is still reserving dates in early fall to come do Lucha stuff and not really taking dates then. But you saw what happened the last time they did that. A lot of talent screwed themselves over. And they were hella pissed about it. And I've yeah. seen a lot of talent saying I'm available throughout the year too. But um, I, I got a question for you guys. Like, I actually don't know the answer to this, but you guys might know. Did they pick up from dusk till dawn for another season or is that shit canceled? It is not canceled, but it is not picked up from, from last I heard. So that's, that's their two flagship shows in limbo. Yeah, Dust Till Dawn is considerably more expensive, though. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. For a lot less product. I mean, for the, for the same amount that they spend on eight episodes of Dust Till Dawn, they can get, you know, 40 to 80 episodes of Lucha Underground. Yeah. Um, even with the price of it going up or talent increasing in price or them trying to back a money truck up to Puma and him saying no. Um, I think that, you know, it's just cost effective wise lucha underground is a better bet but that's the other reason why there's just absolutely no reason why it's not coming back there's absolutely no reason why they're not cranking it out yeah i mean i could see not cranking it out if dj were like no no cranking out this much product is softening it and we can't write it good enough for blah 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 like for a creative reason to slow it down that's not what's happening he's ready to write seasons four five six and seven yeah you know and they're gonna miss their window on freaking roach Chris Roach has Big Brother, possibly Big Brother over the top coming, a, a newborn. Like, when the hell's he going to have time to write season oh, four? Whoa, whoa. What, is, what is Big Brother over the top? Do they settle things by arm wrestling? Yeah, <laughs> you Ooh. wish. Like, change that grip. Go change over the grip, the- turn the hat around. <sighs> mm, uh, yeah. Fucking Lincoln Hawks, son. Great Love movie. movie. Great movie. Actually, yeah, I filmed a little arm wrestling thing on my show, but I can't tell you any more about it. You just have to watch when my show actually comes back because we're filming new episodes. Byron's filming episodes. I just wrapped. I have to go tomorrow and get a couple of after shots, and then I have to pack up and FedEx gear back to New York. We're not. uh, We're not going to be on against each other, are we? What night is VIP on? Uh, fifteenth, July fifteenth, or on the DIY network. What night of the week is that? If I only knew, I'm looking at that Saturday or Thursday or July 15th. Damn, that's a quick turnaround. Saturday. That is Dude. a Saturday. We already have oh, our yeah. first two episodes done. Who the fuck puts first run shows on Saturdays? Jesus Christ. I don't know, man. Sorry, Byron. 
Um, well, you can catch uh, it's lifestyle programming. House of Cars on Monday on Motor Monday, starting Labor Day. It's my new show. So, are you up against Raw, Justin? I will be up against Raw, <laughs> and I'm not too worried about it after uh, some of the shenanigans they've been pulling in their declining numbers. <laughs> Taking it to Vince, like fucking, fucking Justin Bischoff over here, taking it to Vince. <laughs> Going head to head, baby. Let's see what happens. Anyway, I don't know. I, you guys know me. I'm a, I'm a shill and a half for Lucha Underground, but I'm really salty about this one year since being there because one of the things I like more than anything is seeing Lucha Underground live, being in TV, and being a wrestling fan, and then seeing how those two things converge and seeing what. DJ and EB Dub and you know the talent have pulled off. Like, dude, that fucking kill shot Jeremiah match um, was better live. It was good on TV, but it was better live. It really was. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm laughing because there's another podcast going live right now, and I just gave it a thumbs down, and so did J Man. And I'm. Um, I <laughs> Who's going live right now? I mean, I guess you shouldn't put them over. I don't want to put them. Over but thumbs down. <laughs> Are they getting crushed in the in the ratings? Poor guys. I don't know. I, I think they I think they have more viewers and more. Hey, what what the fuck? Kidding. We got all these people in the room and there's only three thumbs up right now. Come on. I'm seeing seven thumbs ups. I got we got seven. Bro. Okay, that's good. I I just thumbs up too. Uh, Look, Zeus King, watch the Street Outlaws instead of Raw. We'll be in that time slot, Zeus King. So watch, watch for my show. show. It'll be good. Um, I watch the show over Raw, dude. I don't watch Raw anymore. Anyway, I, I'm really salty about this year off thing. I like going to the temple. I yeah. plan on going back. Maybe a lot of other people don't. I, I, If I'm in town, I certainly plan on trying to go back and see some more live Lucha Underground. I think it will still be, you know, if certain people are still there, you know, Jeremiah and Dante and Killshot and Mill, um, Pentagon, it's a no-brainer for me. I'll still go. I mean, I'll go see those guys on the indie. So why wouldn't I go see them at Lucha Underground? It's just so much fun to be at the temple. Anyway, the vibe is really cool, and everyone from talent to the crowd, they all just seem to be there to have fun. Casey, you ever going back? I mean, you got to take Striker on in the uh, name game at some point. Yeah, I do eventually. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, if it ends up being like Son of Havoc versus Son of Madness versus Son of Anger versus <laughs> Son of Intestinal Discomfort, then fucking maybe not. I don't know. Oh uh, well, we'll get to Son of Wackness in a minute because that's I'm I'm mm, not. Did they actually they actually kept that gimmick going? They didn't cut that out. No, they didn't cut it out. They started it this week. Casey, we don't want yeah. to owe you ten dollars. Shit, um, you know, I I don't remember which one of us bet what, Byron. Let's just call it a push. <laughs> oh, we both lost. The, the chat room is asking why we haven't seen uh, King Cuerno this season, and all I can say is I don't know or care, and I'm fine with it. What do you guys think? I know you guys like Cuerno a little more than I do. His, his back was hurt, dude. Be nice. Yeah. Oh, his back was hurt. No, like in real life, he had a big back injury. You can't do the baby voice for King Cuerno when it's clearly – Prince Puma, I want to congratulate him on um, the success of Baby Driver, the movie named after his new finisher. <laughs> nice. I really want to see that movie, by the way. I just I want to give mad respect to the true king, King Cuerno. Um, 
And I'm very glad that no one forgets to say King in front of Cuerno because King Cuerno is a true king inside the ring. Are you, you saying Ricochet's not a king like Jerry Lawler? Um, I'm down with calling no, him like king. Um, I'd like to say hello to King Vinny Massaro in the chat. What's up, King Vinny? And uh, King Jerry Lawler, uh, you know. I'm so happy. Uh, king, a... king Jerry Lawler is such a king. Uh, wait, I'll tell you who cannot be a king, though. Kevin Ooh. Cross cannot be a king because that's one too many Ks for my taste. Oh. Uh, so Listen, Justin. We could have See, just King Cross. Don't make this all about you, that's why. That's why he calls himself either Kevin Cross or Killer Cross. It's never Killer Kevin Cross. <laughs> true that. True that. But you know that. what? Killer Carl Cox used to do that shit. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> always, always making this political, Justin. We're trying to have fun here. Yeah, so is, is, is Meatloaf really a fan of Phantasma slash Cuerno slash purple hunter dude i think yeah. so i think the guy's really good why wouldn't you be a fan of his yeah, good at what what is he what is he good at somebody tell me what he's good at the fucking arrow from hell bro yeah yeah who's gonna do better than that dive so what listen as randy orton says it's not that doing a dive is bad it's make it count and also do it on a show that can afford to pay for your hospital costs. Dude, whatever. I, that, that little 12-year-old girl at House of Pain uh, at, at Steve Payne's shop did the fucking dive just as good as Cuerno any day. Lit. I'm not... <laughs> that's all. That discussion's over after that. <laughs> just saying. I'm just saying. There's people that can do a Canadian Destroyer, and then there's not. Oh, I really hope that move that stops happening. Hey, Why? Let's, let's not shit talk, Virgil. Come on. Come on. Virgil was supposed to be doing a Canadian, a flippy power driver on someone, and he looked like he was hanging on for his life the whole time. He just, well, like, he, he fell over the guy and was, like, sliding down him, and then finally the other guy just threw himself back, like, you don't know what you're doing. I'm just going to help you and kill myself. What's the kayfabe, like, explanation over Virgil getting scared in the middle of a Canadian destroyer? <laughs> there's, there's, no, there's no explanation for Dude, that. It's because he ate a lot of Olive Garden and he had a stomach full of meat sauce. And when you start to flip, it kind of goes up your esophagus and it gets all burning and shit. And you know he fucking loves Olive Garden and the meat oh, sauce. No, and the meat sauce. I'm thinking maybe he's old school, so he's, he's already scared of pile drivers. And he was wondering a mid-move, like, it, was he actually going to kill someone? Yeah, like, does this work? Am I going to die? Is he going to die? Who's going to die? Dude, when, anyway. when your fucking signature move for your whole career is taking an apron bump, you, <laughs> you kind of, sometimes it's hard to do other moves. Yeah, but it's not even really an apron bump. He would just kind of lay back when somebody would kind of push a fist out at him over the rope. I mean, is that really an apron bump? Jesus Christ, let's expose the fucking business all day. But, Sorry, you know, I mean... <laughs> I was there. I was there when Virgil took on Ted DiBiase at WrestleMania 7, and that match was fucking dog shit, but man, it had so much heat. Okay, look. And, and this is where I like Virgil because I always did I always did like the, the amount of heat he could bring to a situation with his mere presence alone. And it wasn't X-Pac heat. It was real heat. Somehow he got real heat. I'll give him that. Ha hash hashtag fuck money. All right. So listen, to sum up my, my, my hatred of the fact that we have not been to the temple in over a year, 
Um, I'm going to personally hold EV Dub responsible because I don't know who else to hold responsible. And maybe he'll come back on the show at some point in time and explain himself and maybe explain to us why, as a representative of MGM, uh, we have not seen this product live uh, for a taping in over a year. You know what? Because like I don't know who else is going to explain it at this point. You know Somebody has I'd to really, explain it to me, though. Yeah, Go ahead. I would like to see someone explain it, not just to us, but to all the talent that's wondering what the fuck's going on. Yeah, that's what I'd that's, like to see. That's the thing. That's kind of a. It's well, I mean, I've heard the explanation some of them have got, but I will keep that to myself. Um, oh, oh, and no, I do not need any ooh la la. I need ooh la la. Like I need a fucking elephant elbow enema. I don't need a fucking ooh la la meef. That's what wow. I think about that. Wow. So, 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 so angry. So angry. Casey, did I'm you mad. know? I'm mad today. I'm angry today. I'm sorry. Did, it's going to be that did way. Did you like how Justin cut me off talking about Virgil before I could talk about how enormous Virgil's penis is? Oh, oh that's fine. Hey, look, there's got to be a reason for him to get heat, man. White man envy is, is definitely a solid way to get heat. I thought we, we, we actually got through the Virgil thing for the first time without you bringing that up. But no, because that's actually what fucked up the um, Canadian destroyer. It created too much drag. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, so you're saying the rig, the drag from the rig, slowed down the Canadian destroyer? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, <laughs> he's lucky he didn't just spin like a fucking top. So what does that say? what does that say about all the guys who could do a good Canadian destroyer? Petey Williams has a micro penis. You there? Okay, Everyone so Canadian destroyers. Petey Williams micro penis, love it. Um, oh yeah, that's a good question. Drago, TNA Slammiversary. Yeah. Weird, not weird. Does it matter? Lucha Underground ain't using him right now, so to me, I it's, guess it's not weird. Uh, I think He's it's weird. Talent right now. I think, I think that weird, people but... are putting so much into it when they're just gonna probably job these guys. I think it's weird, but also it's just these guys are getting work and they get another bit of TV money, so go for it. Yeah, and I, I mean. I think with the style of what they do, they'll just be a special attraction. Um, it would be worse if you had some of the English speaking regular talent from Lucha Underground that also works for AAA showing up there. Like if Mundo or Cross or Taya showed up there yeah. at TNA, that would be problematic to me. But some of the Luchadors, and since those guys are more associated with AAA in the first place, yeah. I'm not really mad at the Drago thing, and I think it's fine. And I don't think anybody over at Lucha Underground is going to be like, yeah, Drago shouldn't be making his money or getting some TV time when he can get it. I don't think it's going to hurt Lucha Underground, as whereas some of the English-speaking talent, that really would hurt him if they did that. You know know how like we were worried about some guys coming back to Lucha Underground, and we were told that their contracts are with MGM? Yes. And not AAA. Well... You'd think these guys would have contracts with MGM that would prevent them from being on this show, even though they're AAA guys. Um, yeah, but their their contracts, I believe, were always different because they were they were additionally loan out talent from yeah. AAA. I don't know though, because that was the same deal with Pentagon. But when we're told Pentagon right. and 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 Phoenix are are not that anymore, and they have you know standalone MGM contracts that have nothing and to do not with like their they're showing up, and they're not the ones going to TNA. Well, well okay, so, using the, his AAA gimmick. Right. So it's Drago AAA showing up at TNA, not Drago Lucha Underground. You don't have Lucha Underground stories on TNA TV. I think that's the big thing. 
Yeah, but you also don't have Lucha Underground stories on AAA TV either. Yeah, because they're different TV shows. So I think that's, I mean, it's it's still kind of weird. I think if Lucha you know, Underground okay, was there. Well, so would, would it be weird to you if Cross showed up on TNA? Because he's purely a AAA character right now. He's not, he's under a Lucha Underground contract, but he's not, he hasn't appeared on Lucha Underground that we know of other than being a bunny. I got to mention something about the deal that I think doesn't smell right. And I don't know if you guys like, I don't think a lot of people think about it. Um, they said that this talent thing happened because Dorian struck up a deal with TNA. So there's this talent exchange thing. And then TNA is uh, going to get on the air in Mexico. Dorian's going to help them out. You know sure. what fucking show isn't on TV in Mexico, Justin? Lucha Underground? Yep. Oh, they lost it after season one. Well, fucking, uh, no, that wasn't even a Mexico thing. That was just on Spanish-speaking yeah, Spanish stations American in the United probably. States. Oh. That yeah, Mexico could get through satellite providers, I believe. But Yeah, if you lived, like, close. But, yeah, the fucking... Um, so, so there's like a legit conflict of interest there that I don't think enough people are thinking about. And it's just weird. It smells weird to me. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, you know how this hiatus thing made me like a little more doom and gloom than I used to be anyway, as far as the future of things. So I might just be reading way too much into it. I don't know. I think the hiatus is really leaving a door open for these types of odd situations. Because they want to keep their guys working and they want to make deals to spread the brand. But if Lucha was taping more often, then then you just wouldn't be able to say, hey, put Drago on Slammiversary. Right. Yeah. Well, hey, listen, Daniel Price, who says he hasn't seen AAA in years. You're still not going to see Triple Mania this year because it's up against uh, Conor McGregor versus Floyd Mayweather. So and also, Daniel Price, when you watched it, it was fucking dope, and it totally doesn't touch that era that you mentioned in the chat. Um, but no, they still- but they do, they, they do still have good shows, but it's like every yeah. fourth or fifth show, they'll fucking kill it, they'll slay it, and then the very next week, they don't follow up on any of it, the booking gets completely changed, and then you've got Nada for another like three or four tapings. So you guys like, know, I just like, don't even I understand like- it. You guys know I like the weirder shit about wrestling, and back then was when AAA was fucking weird, man. Like, you had fucking Macias getting thrown in a volcano and killed and coming back from the dead, and that's how he became Macias. Super solid. Wow. Yeah. Dying. Always dying. The worst special <laughs> effects I've ever seen in my life. And um, they basically filmed his coffin floating in the ocean and then tried to tint it red so it looked like lava. Good times. Is he ever going to stop dying? Like, is it just his job to die every every couple of three weeks? They, they kind of killed him a couple times in WSX, too. Kind of. Vampiro did. Yeah. He tombstoned him onto an exploding coffin at the end Super of their awesome. finale totally episode. That's on YouTube now, too. I watched that one not even that long ago. Oh, shit, man. I got all that stuff. The The DVD set's hard to find now, but it's fucking dope because there there's, like, full in-depth, like, fucking behind-the-scenes commentary on every episode, and it's all, like, so good, like, the stuff that they say. Uh, they really, really get into the nitty-gritty of doing the show. It's pretty cool. 
Um, yeah, I don't know that AAA is ever going to do U.S. shows um, like what New Japan's doing. I don't think that they're... It sucks because uh, they did. They did for a while, and they didn't do well. No, and, uh, and, I mean, Lucha Underground is basically that. I mean, that was kind of their their fix for that. That was one of the reasons why Dorian especially was so behind it in the first place. Was to try to get some like, of that talent into the U.S. And it, and it worked. I mean, look... You got us sitting here on an American podcast talking about Drago. Yeah. You know, yeah. that have happened Fire. without Lucha Underground? Probably not. Well, well, shit. If you would have put me on the podcast, I'd still be fucking talking about Drago. Come on. This sure, but it would have been shit. a WWE podcast where you were talking about Drago. Yeah, I'd be like, <laughs> you guys should watch this dragon dude that used to be a fucking cat. We'd be talking about Callisto, who wishes to be like, Drago. Dude, you should see this dragon guy that was a cat before he was a cat. He was like a heartthrob before he was a heartthrob. He was a Michael Jackson impersonator. These are all good gimmicks. These, his name was Billy Jean, and he was a Michael Jackson impersonator. And Super solid. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you listen to the song Billy Jean, that makes no sense whatsoever. But, you know, hey. All right. Well, we've we've bullshitted enough about Lucha Underground. Let's actually talk about this freaking episode. Uh, you start off with um, very interesting. Well, we're in the recap phase of Lucha Underground now, which I know you hate, Casey. But, I fucking hate it. It's. But it's I mean, rewarding. dude, how long ago was the story of uh, Jeremiah and Katrina revealed to us? Did anyone you know what? Like, I, I don't, that I don't care, but I got a bitch a little bit because we went through the whole first season. Where the Dragon Azteca story started in the first episode didn't get picked up until like maybe the last three episodes of the season. Yeah. Um, as far as the connection with Prince Puma, and we didn't have any recaps, and you just had to pay the fuck attention. I, I feel like these recaps, and I feel like all this hype shit for the um, Mundo and Ray match, while really well done, robs the show of its cinematic fucking structure that made it stand out and now it's starting to look like just another wrestling show and i, I fucking hate to I, say I that. love the fight recap thing the uh the the ray johnny michael chavello voiced thing that's been I one of my favorite i don't think it things. feels right for i don't think it feels right for a fucking underground fight promotion to have something like that yeah i like that vibe it's i mean it's well done but it's also it's going off brand I know, but it reminds me exactly of what Bellator did this past weekend of like, they're branching out, we're booking Madison Square Garden, we're doing one huge event, we're putting everything behind it, we're going for broke. It feels like, you know, if Dario was going to finally have this Ray-Johnny match and just, you know, dollar signs were in his eyes that he would go over the top, he hires the big famous announcer, he does these fight packages, you know. And like, still does the show in the same sweaty shithole in Boyle Heights. Well, you know, there's always that. <laughs> that shit all may not be as shitty this coming year if they do more episodes, though. I have yeah. a feeling it's going to be a quite a bit different. Yeah, we'll how about see. putting in some fucking bathrooms? There we go. <laughs> nah, I like the portal potties outside. They're comfortable. They're warm. Well, if they're going to keep the taco truck, they need to add more bathrooms. Um, if you Prince know what I mean. <laughs> um, Okay, so no. the first segment, Katrina, uh, just, you know, nothing really special there, but always nice to have Katrina on TV, always nice for Mill to get TV time, and I liked that, you know, Mill was one of the main focuses of the segments on this this episode. He deserves oh, it. Man. It's fucking over. 
Um, Dude, he was so and, and he got to do he and he got to do like real cinematic lip locking with Katrina too. Not that that what? little half a thing that they do out in front of the audience. What it looked like they had to do that take like three or four. He he fucking times. He fucking what? went out at like an Eric Roberts movie and what? yeah. Yeah. I think Ricky. I think Ricky was feeling himself a little bit backstage. If you know what I'm saying. What are you, What are you guys talking about? I did. I have to watch this now. Yeah. What's happening? He, he slipped her a little bit of tongue and a little kiss. Like, you know, Katrina's trying to make sure that Mill feels like he's being loved. So she's giving him a little, you know, backstage, you know, pep rally. And, and it uh, worked. And it worked. I mean, and this is, of course, right after we see the recap about the Jeremiah thing. So we know that there's mm-hmm. something going on there. Um, so it feels like she's trying to reassure Mill that that he's the man, even though I'm guessing he's not. I think Katrina Katrina might be playing a lot of these gentlemen, and rightfully so, because she's hot enough to be able to do that, in my opinion. She can do whatever she wants, as far as I'm concerned. Then they're going to say, who are you really in love with? I'm in love with the limo guy that you'll never see. No, she's going to say T.J. Miller, and she's going to mean Byron, but she's going to say T.J. Miller. We know who she means. Oh, T.J. Miller that... wears a Batman sweater to a, uh, a, a Marvel Relaxing convention. Podcast. <laughs> so what nothing Jeez, comics you don't know what you're talking about um <laughs> you know anyway. i do gotta say that uh if that were to happen that would be a very interesting best man speech that i'd have to make at that wedding for you byron it's going to happen starting now oh dear lord <laughs> anyway so Veneno, Veneno, Ricky Reyes in a spider mask. Venom. It's Venom in Spanish. And, there, you know, uh, first thing I would do if I was creating a new character is I'd make sure it wasn't already the name of a well-known luchador, but here we are. (laughs) Well, yes. And um, we know in the storyline who this is, but, of course, the audience doesn't know who this is. And except, I did not know, know who this was live, except for the move set was pretty much a dead giveaway. You know, and the fact that his tattoo is fucking uh, on the back of his arm and visible. Yeah, they yeah. should they should have him wear like like an arm strap, like the Minotaur in WCW. Like three people will get that reference. But, but maybe, but maybe that's the joke. Maybe he's just a really, really bad undercover cop. I mean, I think that I think that is the point that he's just really shitty at hiding out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like everyone in the temple already knows it. And then for his trouble, Dario, just for a lark, books him against, you know, Mill and just watches him get squashed. And what was that? Like 25 seconds? Like, did he get a move in? No, he didn't get a move in, but Mill got like 50 moves in and it was awesome. And it, he just murdered him in seconds. And it's like, so he's going to be nice and fresh for the next round of the tournament. And, and I love this, like, and I, and I complain about this with every single wrestling promotion out there. They all need more squashes. I grew up on squash matches. Like, dudes get over crushing the shit out of no names and workers are trying to come up. This is the way it should go. Like, maybe yeah. Ricky Reyes isn't exactly a worker coming up, but in his storyline and in his gimmick right now of trying to be undercover as, you know, Luchador Venom or whatever, it makes perfect sense. It's a great booking. Just... I want more of these. Book me five more squashes, please. Like, why not? I want to see them on Raw. I want to see them on TNA. I want to see them everywhere. Like, every, every show needs more squashes. 
That's I found this anyway. YouTube account. Um, Byron, you saw some of it too. Justin, I don't know if you were in the DM when I found it, but this YouTube account called Monsoon Classic. Uh, um, he's got like over a thousand matches and most of them are like old squash matches. And um, he categorizes them by like what show they're on and stuff like that. But he also has a section called Sid Vicious Rules the World. And I just <laughs> really want to point that out. It's all Sid squash matches and promos. But um, it made me really, really appreciate how awesome squash matches used to be. Because we used to sit fucking Saturday morning and Sunday morning watching squash matches for an hour at a time just yeah. to see fucking a two-minute match with Tugboat and Earthquake at the end. Exactly. Yeah. All squash matches and then a quick match between two superstars. Which was probably a schmoz or a fucking countout or something, you know? But it was fun, and that's and like Razor Ramon comes out does a squash match. You get to see his moves, but you also get into you get to see how cool he is. They get to kind of showcase their personality without having to have Yeah, and then guess what? When there's a pay per view with an actual blow off match where two people really go at it and lay it down for twenty five minutes, it's like the greatest thing in the world again. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's hard with Lucha Underground since they don't have pay per views, but they do clearly build Ultima Lucha. And they but, can clearly even build then, other shows. Even then, give me two squash matches and then a good main event. I mean, which was kind of what happened on this show a little bit. And I, yeah. I like that about it. That's yeah. That was one of the better things about this episode. Though this episode was not as good as the two previous weeks. But I'm getting there. So, the, I would the, rather have seen um, Vinny versus Mil Muertes. Like, I think that would have been fucking dope. As much as I like Vinny's match last week. Um, yeah, but Vinny's not going to get any actual offense against Mill, is he? Well, I mean, I, you know, like he got off on Cage. That was dope. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It was a lot more competitive. Yeah, which I thought was really good. I, I don't know if it worked for Cage's gauntlet storyline all that good, but I mean, the end uh, of it. He wasn't, end of it he wasn't allowed to wear the gauntlet, so it, it, but, you know, it gives him a reason. But I think it did because Vinny, Vinny's offense looked it looked unique, but it also looked strong. He hit that awesome STO. He looked he hit the forearm, the snoring elbow, and he hit it stiff. And he hit it in a way that looked like it should hurt Cage. And I wow. think the little oh. bit of offense that that Vinny got Cage it made Cage look tough by the way that he was sort of no selling it. Mr. Oh, I got to get props. Mr. Krabs wants to see Mil Muertes versus Vibora, which I say, why? <laughs> I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because if you see it now in season four, there's going to be a spectacular flip bump at the end. If you saw it in the middle of season three, however, you probably would have been very, very disappointed. And we'll get to that. Uh, but a shout yeah. out to Zeus, Zeus King, who says his first uh, event ever was a double TV taping of NWA wrestling in 1985. And that is super fucking solid. Yeah, dude, you're fucking old. Uh, <laughs> Vinny, you guys did. Vinny's in the chat room. Vinny, Vinny, you really did go stiff, man. Did you guys have like a gentleman's agreement between you and Cage to just kind of let loose in that thing or what? Because there were some stiff ass fucking shots in the, in the Masaro versus cage match. See, that was, that was dope. And, uh, as much, as much as another person calls himself a strong style competitor, he didn't even get one hit against Mil Muertes. <laughs> <laughs> no, Vinny, Vinny was really throwing out the real strong yeah. style, which was awesome. We need more yeah. of that. We need more of that on LU. I like you know what else we need now. more of? What's that? Katrina? 
because this match was too short and that was the worst thing about a squash match with Mil Muertes is that there's not enough Katrina in it. Well, she she showed up a couple more times this episode. Um, yes. Oh, shit. I was trying to segue into the match that I'm angry about. Like, that I was actually physically mad at the temple. Well, you're not. Well, we're going into guys, Paul London and, and Vibra, though. That's um, what you're mad about? Yeah. Okay. That was was well. Joey and Taya first, though? Um... No, Joey and Taya was after that. Vinny, okay, by the way, okay. answered your so, question and said that he's um, still, he, yeah. They didn't show us when that happened. Basically, what we're talking about is Paul London did the reverse tope dive that Aerostar does, where you're completely putting your life in your opponent's hands, and Vibora didn't even get close to fucking catching him and London's head and neck hit a fucking chair at ringside, which was a lot louder in person than it was on the show. Yeah. Like what was, was it, did his knee buckle or something? He just did not get there at all. Like he just, he he didn't get there. He looked like he was a few feet to the side, but you know what? It could, it might, I've been thinking about this a lot because this really bothered me when it happened. And, uh, cause Oh, we were hot. We were hot. Like I've said it before. I've said it in stuff that I know Mr. Madison has listened to also, and I hope he doesn't like kill me in real life. But after that match, we were not fans, not even close. We no. were fucking hot, like super duper hot on Big Snake. No, and like, and like people are chanting, holy shit. Me, you and Byron just fucking look at each other. We're not chanting anything. And then we look over at Vampiro and just see him fucking shaking his head at the commentary table. I mean, and that maybe is what did it. Like, I saw the reaction on Vamp's face, and then I was like, oh, yeah, he blew that real bad. Like, go back to Big Brother. I was mad. We couldn't tell how bad Paul hit. We just heard that it was a bad sound. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and like, it looked like he landed right on his fucking head, which when you watch the show, yeah. And it's like, shit, man, that's the same dive Aerostar does, and he's supposed to be fucking feuding with this guy. And it's like I know I know Steve Payne is like a pretty high bar to put for a base in Lucha Underground. Best but base. Fuck, man, if you're if you're a big giant motherfucker, you're there to be a base, and yeah. it's like you got to be there to catch. But it might not have been his fault because that mask that he's wrestling in now. It's better. Isn't is it? a lot better. It's better than the mask that he's wrestling in in Lucha Underground, and it probably cuts down his peripheral vision. And it may block out one of his eyes so that he's not judging distance well enough. Well, I mean, he's got crazy, like, flippy shit bump finishers and stuff now. Like, he is and, not yeah. the same guy now that he was then at all. And I'm, but I am willing to... he's also using a mask that is much more conducive to a wrestling environment than the one he's wearing now that sticks way too far out from his face yeah. to get good enough vision on it, you know? Well, I mean, yeah. come on. Steve Payne is a freaking phenomenal wrestler, and he spends, you know, 15 minutes a match just zipping that thing back up. <laughs> yeah. Like, so basically, yeah. we're saying the wardrobe department over at MGM is, is what's failing us here. That's what well, we're saying. Well, see, they do. They're doing dope designs, and the characters are look designs. great. And Vibora's mask is fucking awesome. But, yeah. but maybe it's... at the cost of him being able to see where the heck he's supposed to be standing. I think yeah, the talent should make that point, though. Like. People, Jericho has a story about how when he was doing a, a, a Juice and Thunder Liger gimmick. Yeah, Super Liger. He was going to be Super Liger. And didn't he like throw it away because he couldn't wrestle on the mask? Yeah, like, the, he, so the, the match was complete dog shit because he couldn't see right. Yeah, 
Like the rest. That's what I mean. And some guys get used to it, and some don't. And maybe that's the other part of it. Maybe Madison's just getting more used to being under the mask now. I mean, this is not exactly a guy that (laughs) coming up would have ever thought he was going to be a masked luchador at any point in his career. I mean, that certainly has to have taken him a little uh, off kilter, considering you know he's a he's he's a Vince guy. I mean, he's this big, giant, muscular dude. He's fairly athletic. He's a decent looking guy. I mean, he's normally what, you know, he's the Vince mold. He's the gender mold or whatever. And to see him under a mask, which is why it's genius, um, is phenomenal. It's a great idea, but at the same time, I, I gather, especially in those early matches that we saw, and this match actually, I believe, wasn't this taped before the one that just aired? Yeah, because the tag title shit was all out of order. Yeah, so I I feel like this was his second match ever in the temple, and he was still really green to doing the whole thing. And I remember just us being just fucking hot and like, f that guy, screw off, go to hell. I was mad that Cobra Moon was with him, um, but also I gotta say, now I'm watching the whole thing play out on TV, and I was mad that Cobra Moon wasn't wrestling either, and that they put her in this valet spot. I was super fucking pissed about that back then. Oh, but, but now she was so good. I'm this digging week. it. Yeah. yeah, the carrot thing was fucking hilarious, and I'm I'm surprised hilarious. they left the save the carrot chant in actually. And her shouting at her entourage in English and Spanish and whatnot it, it totally works. Like she's got her full, full on Crockett going. Like she's got her her whole thing down. And I mean, I'm not mad at it, but I was mad at it at the time. But again, this is where like the TV production and seeing it in order and seeing the vignettes all makes it make sense. You know what I mean? It does make it better sometimes because those are the things where just as a live wrestling fan going to the temple and watching him, I was totally hating on those things. Now I'm a huge fan of him, and, I, and I'm a huge fan of Vibora now too, even though this was not the moment for him. I, I can't, I would love oh, to say God. that this was good. This was not a good match. This was not a good look by any stretch of the imagination. And it was worse live than it was on TV. Yeah, yeah it was even worse live. Like I don't know, though. We were angry, though. We would probably have shit on the match even if it was, like, all right until that dive. Like, you know? like Because that, that kind of thing always bothers me in Lucha. And because, uh, like, it's a major part of being a successful luchador is being able to catch your fucking opponent yeah yes we should have austin madison on we should bring him on except we're gonna have to spend 10 minutes apologizing to him for the the five or six times we shit on him super hard on this show yeah but we've we also did. praised him a few times too so and i mean yeah. look we just keep it real on this show yeah somebody dude's was been asking putting me this to- work in, man he's getting good he's really been putting work in and he has a mask that he can fucking see out of when he wrestles too. <laughs> and look, we're those guys. Like we don't, we we're not real shills. We're not getting paid to do this show. We do this show because we like it. We like the product. And at the same time, part of what we like to do, we like to shit on stuff that we don't like. And and I'll I'll tell you what. We know a lot of the talent now. We know a lot of the producers and the writers and whatnot. But it's not going to stop us from shitting on things that we don't like. If we don't like it, we don't care who does it. My best friend could do it, and I will shit all over them if it's trash. So, yes, we've shit on Madison before. Yes, we've also praised him before. I like where the gimmick's going now. I can say that. I'm happy to say that. But 
we've shit on him pretty hard a couple times, and I can't lie. So I don't know if he would even yeah. come on the show. We'd have to we'd have to ask yeah, him to find out. Yeah, the guy probably thinks I'm like the biggest fucking asshole out of the three of us because I laid it on pretty thick. But I, I'm a little bit passionate about my lucha libre, dude. That's the only reason. I think. And it's fair, like, I think to be fair, though, I mean, we mainly talked about what we saw him do in the temple in the ring during those tapings. And it wasn't good, and it was dangerous, like what we're talking about tonight. But then when he came on TV, we got to see some positive aspects, like his presentation. The character comes across really well on camera. Well, he was also he was also better towards the end of the season. You know, like yeah. when J-Man and, and Urban and those guys showed up, we were all like, oh, wait do you see Big Snake. He's going to be horrible. And then yeah. he wasn't. And they're all looking at us like, you guys are fucking high. This dude's fine. And, yeah, and, and you know, a lot better, he's not but, the worst guy. He's not the worst person in the company because they've never had to retape his matches because they were too bad to air. <laughs> That's true. Okay. Okay, sexy star. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Man, talk we about almost, flames. We almost won a show without ripping on sexy star. Um, no, we did last week. I don't think we mentioned sexy star once last week, did we? Oh, I don't remember. It was like the first time in, in months. Um. All right, so... Um, but big props to Thunder Rosa, uh, aka Cobra Moon, for really stepping it up a notch in this valet role and making the storyline work, even though it was shot completely out of order, which takes even more talent to be yeah. able to sell the storyline without doing it in a linear fashion, which I don't know, TV or no TV, if any wrestlers really had to be as out of order character motivation wise as her or Drago in season three. Like, Kudos to both of them for yeah. figuring out how to make this out a lot out of order shot crazy ass storyline, which is a pretty intricate storyline, actually work. So big props to her. And you know, sorry, Austin, this wasn't your week, but you know, when you do hey, some good shit, we'll be the first to say it. Dope. He's probably gonna look dope pretty soon because the Snake Tribe's big scene hasn't fucking aired yet, because we have not seen the whole thing with Daga and the sword fighting and shit. Oh yeah. It was yeah. in the trailers still. And I think they've uh, got some some heavy backstage action still to come and I think Austin's yeah. probably a big part of all of that. Um so then the next match was Taya versus Joey. Uh-huh. Um I love this for many many reasons especially in light of all the garbage WWE has been doing with their women's divisions in the past few weeks of like this is once again exactly why Women should be wrestling guys. Joey wrestles a lot of women because of his weird sexist gimmicks that he does from time to time, but he actually takes very good care of them in the ring and knows how to make them look good and knows how to get himself over in those matches, um, even even with a certain amount of inappropriateness, which I'm sure would have some of the traditionalists rolling over in their graves. But, you know, like, you know, Ty, Ty got an ass slap in the middle of this match, which I'm sure some of the old school heads would have take issue with but it worked the spot worked it's no worse than getting chopped <laughs> and plus she got a she got to use chest hair pulling as a fucking transition in the match exactly. and byron byron yeah. as the most miguelito what? perez like person on this podcast tell yeah, the right? tell the listeners how much this would hurt right. to have someone pull you around by your chest hair i didn't see the match he's calling you a furry does it hurt when your bears no, pull your, your chest hair? That, that's not what a furry is. <laughs> Justin, you know what a furry is. I remember 
the conversation we had about that. I, I have no idea what a furry is, so I could completely be using that terminology incorrectly. But I do I just, know that the bears like to pull your chest hairs, Byron. If you want to yeah, see Justin on-screen cameo uh, debut that wasn't involving horrible dying, watch any sort of furry uh, documentary on YouTube. No, dude, it's it's. I heard that he made the same expression and acted like his eyes were burning for some reason. I just <laughs> something else caused it. I don't. I don't use the internet for evil. I only use it for good. <laughs> hey guys, um, I can't get a travel lodge hotel room in Long Beach this weekend. Uh oh. So what are you doing? Wow, are you you on my floor? Do you not? Do you not have your place in fucking? North Hollywood, fake North Hollywood, Toluca Lake. I do, but what's the drive? Uh, it's like On an the hour. Weekend, right? It's not that bad. I should just not get a hotel room, huh? Since you live in Los Angeles and you're going to Long Beach, maybe not. Uh, it's like it's a forty-five fun. minute drive, fifty minutes. Oh. Gives a shit. It takes that long to drive to Lucha Underground. Damn, Problem you guys solved. live so much closer to everything than I do. It fucking sucks. Yeah, well, your temp, your weather's nice right there. Um, anyway, I, I, the Taya thing, like, this is just once again, like, it brought me back to, oh shit, yeah, I really love Taya. Taya's freaking awesome. Um, she can go toe to toe with, especially any of the the mid sized men. Well, shit, she went toe to toe with Cage in that one match. I mean, but this was, uh, yeah, a great yeah. example of why intergender wrestling is good because it had it mattered almost zero that she was in there against a guy. And in fact, it probably made it better, you know, certainly better than Taya versus sexy star would have been. So, you know, the girls that can go can go and with a good wrestler, doesn't matter if the wrestler across from them is a, a man or a woman, if they know what they're doing and they can base the right way for them, it's going to be a good match. I don't, I don't understand why WWE doesn't see this and why we're still stuck with the, the stigma of gender wrestling uh, across so much of it. It's like, dude, it's a fantasy. You know, the whole, the whole thing is a fantasy world. Why, why is there not more intergender wrestling? You know, you watch a comic book movie. Wonder woman beats up on men through the whole movie and a couple of ladies. She's fucking wonder woman. Like if we're going to give these women superpowers and say they're badasses, it's like, you know, in real life, is Samoa Joe putting a sleeper hold of any kind on Brock Lesnar? Fuck no. But it's a fucking fantasy. We built the character to make sense that that happens. And then when you watch it, it's credible. But in real life, it would never happen. But maybe in real life, Alexa Bliss can beat up Tyler Bate or something. Who knows? Hey, hey, that would be awesome. We Alexa should just, uh, you know. It's the Mortal Kombat philosophy, the fucking Street Fighter philosophy. Yeah. Like Chun-Li could fuck up Zangief sometimes if the person playing sucks because Zangief's the shit and the best fighter in the fucking game. You just but, love that spinning pile driver. You like it when people get dumped on their heads. That's why you're a Kevin Cross fan, right? You just like to see much. people get dumped on their heads. I do, I do, but I also like to see people get like kicked in the face. Okay, I'm, yeah. so, I'm, I'm, I'm with that too. Yeah, Cross does that really well too. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, adding more of that into his whole thing. I like how Kevin Cross, his social media presence is basically, he always seems amped and on the verge of cracking. 
And yeah, and but here, okay. So, so here's here's my theory about that. And I was hoping maybe he would come on tonight and talk about, it, but I think he's on a plane. Um, you know, I was watching the whole CM Punk thing because it's a six year anniversary from that that infamous promo where he sat down after Cena went through the table, or whatever, and just shot like crazy and went into business for himself. Kevin has literally been in business for himself since the start of his career. Yeah. Like, and, and he's past the point of getting reined in now. And, and I don't know, like, it's just a different mentality. Like he's, he's grown up in an age where you see these guys shoot and go into business for yourself. And he's been in a position where he's basically had to do that for himself, whether it's FSW or AAA or whatever he's doing. Like, he doesn't have anyone really promoting him. Like maybe if he had Vince Payne and Williams, he would shut the fuck up, but he doesn't, he doesn't have anybody shuffling money into his pocket. So there's no reason for the guy not to permanently go into business for himself. And honestly, I can't figure out why more wrestlers don't do that. Right. It's not a fucking team sport. Not at all. Like you are, he is literally in business for himself. Like the saying, directly applies to his situation in life. Like he's got to protect his own ass. He doesn't have somebody shoveling a bunch of money in his pocket. He's got to get a little bit from AAA and a little bit from the Indies and try to get a little bit from Lucha Underground that hasn't fucking used them on TV because they haven't filmed in over a year. Like he's got to just go into business for himself. So what has he done? He's he's taken the, the aspects of his life where he's snapped for real because if you listen to some of his shit, like some of it's pretty out there. Like He's got some conspiracy theories and he's got some maybe I would almost say he's libertarian politically. Um, like, I don't I, and honestly, I don't even know where he falls on that spectrum. But clearly he has some other viewpoints from the majorities out there and is not afraid to express them if you ask. Um, and he is a little freaking cracked. But why don't you see more from other guys like this? Like, where the fuck is A.R. Fox? I bet that dude's freaking psycho, too. Come on, this is a guy who like will jump yeah. on a tack, like a bed of tacks, and if the tacks don't stick to his skin the right way, he will do another bump on them on purpose. Like he will set up another bump because they're not enough tacks, and that's what the audience paid for. Clearly, he's insane. Clearly, I fucking love Cross that guy. Likes to. I mean, I don't know if you've seen this guy do any bag work. He puts giant dents in heavy bags like like Tyson used to do when he was practicing his uppercuts. Like clearly he likes to do real MMA kickboxing type stuff and wants to hurt people. Luckily, he hasn't hurt anybody too important yet because that might not be too good for his career. But <laughs> he's a little fucking he's a little out there. There's something a little off with the guy. Not necessarily a bad thing. He uses it to his advantage. Can't figure out why a guy like Air Fox doesn't. Like, do you, how over would he be on social media if he did some of the same stuff that Cross does? Yeah. Am yeah. I nuts? Hey, um, there's one thing that we that we're gonna be talking about later. How you don't need two of the same thing, Justin. Oh, we're getting there. We got to get there faster. Cause all right, so. Oh, um, I have to praise Joey Ryan for something. Yeah, go for it. Cause this is the time. No. We're moving on. All right, I just saw it on Twitter, and uh, this fan said, hey, I was at a show, and I accidentally dropped $50 on the gimmick table, and Joey Ryan told me, hey, man, you dropped your money. And um, the guy said kudos to him on Twitter, and he's like, dude, you spent money on my merch. I don't have to steal more money from you. Thanks for your support. That's a good dude right there. That's not, that's not like a fucking 
Rock and Roll Express carny motherfucker. Well, and he lives in Reseda too, which means he should be a carny motherfucker. <laughs> Wait, hold on. I know, I know the PWG thing, but Joey Ryan lives in Reseda and is an Angels fan. There's a lot of Angels fans up here. I don't, I don't understand that. I mean, I could see because I'm in the Valley and they're in the same division as the Indians, but. I, I mean, I could see if like he would go down to Anaheim for a, a good hockey game. I don't know if he really lives in Reseda, but I think he actually does live up here in the Valley somewhere. Probably. He's around here all the time. Yeah. So who knows if that's uh, uh, kayfabe or not. All I right, wanna, so go ahead. You guys, you guys hear about uh, Pentagon getting mugged at gunpoint? Yeah, no. Very, very unfortunate. Matt. Yeah, he got mugged. He missed the booking because of it. Uh, he's basically he was in an uber driving to the airport for his booking and a bunch of dudes on motorcycles with guns fucking surrounded the car and robbed him and he can i at least keep the backpack that's got my wrestling gear and my passport and shit and they're like fuck no wow and who the fuck robs a skeleton ninja that's some bold shit and that's how you can tell like fucking pentagon's balls are real because you got these fucking guys at gunpoint, and you're you're asking, could I just keep this bag? <laughs> well, dude, Those getting another passport real. in Mexico is difficult. Yeah, and it, especially it sucks like getting all your work visa approved and everything and printed out again, that's hard. Him and Phoenix both missed the show because of it. Was and, Phoenix uh, with him? Yeah. Well, not when he got robbed. I, they were supposed to be on the same show. I don't know yeah. if they were in the same car or not. Um, but I do know that they both missed the show because of this Yeah. and uh, yeah, dude, it fucking sucks, man. Hopefully everything's replaceable and yeah. he gets back on what his if, feet. What if Phoenix is one of the guys on a motorcycle? It was an inside job and that's why they both missed the booking. Remind me never to let you book my wrestling show. Yeah. I'm just if I ever so. have one. Byron, the truth or Turk over here. <laughs> All right. So um, the next little segment was I'm moving, with the, I'm moving on with the Lucha Underground. I'm doing it, Byron. I'm, I'm doing it. Um, I don't even know what happened. Was this uh, I'm looking at the mill in the mirror. Oh, yeah. We all <laughs> know it. Uh, mill Muertes looking in the mirror. And then uh, Jerem- Jeremiah, Jeremiah Crane, crazy man, bad hairline comes in. Busts Mill up with a chair, and this is you're gonna want to see this segment, Byron, because uh, storyline wise, it doesn't amount to much, but it was nice. I mean, they did backstage chair spots where you know Jeremiah puts a, a chair over the throat of Mill Muertes and then smashes another chair into it, kind of thing. Um, but they did it all backstage locker room. Fucking Jeremiah takes out Mill Muertes, something that we did not know when we saw Jeremiah out front. That he had like this angle going on. He's the man of a thousand deaths. He's going to need to do that at least 997 more times because we've already seen him die like twice. Well, but but it looks like in this particular moment from the blurry vision and whatnot that Jeremiah actually killed Mill Muertes, right? Katrina's going to have to breathe life back into him again? Maybe. And is this depleting her powers? Like, is she all of a sudden going to be old and wrinkly and not hot because she's depleting her powers, reviving Mill too many times? Just saying. It could be a thing. It could happen. Oh, and then she comes over and sits on your lap, and it's like fucking B. Arthur is in the Katrina outfit and shit. Oh, that's my nightmare. Like, Katrina finally gives me the time of day, and then she's B. Arthur. Oh. Fucking B. Arthur comes over and licks your face and shit. 
Oh, the, oh the dust lick of death. Oh. Dude, I like this idea so much that uh, they can have this one for free. But B. Arthur's dead, so they have to bring her back to life first. Been done before. Um, Casey Meefloaf is leaving, and he says he likes The Undertaker. Okay, that's good. I won't. I won't wish you death and your and our time apart. Um, have fun Meef, at work, Meefloaf. Buddy. If you want to get back on the show, we'll have you back on the show. But you have to tell us your three favorite Undertaker moments, and they have to match up no. with at least at least three of Casey's top ten. No, the, he, the has to, he has to. He has to draw, and I don't mean Photoshop bullshit. He has to get some crayons, and he has to draw a really cool picture of the Undertaker with the crayons. And I want the gray gloves, not the purple gloves. And I want Paul Bear with them. And then it has to say, "I'm sorry, Casey." And then he's got to have like the Undertaker symbol with a heart around it, with crayons, not colored pencils. Fucking crayons and Crayola, not that Rose Art bullshit. He's probably Doesn't not hearing any here. of this, but I agree with Casey. I like this plan. That'll get and you we'll back on me. That'll get you back in good graces with the MMM show. That, that, and you have to tear up everything you ever got from Phantasma or Quano. Also, also, when you draw the Undertaker, massive dick bulge. Paul yeah. Bear, medium size. Meep says deal to something here. So good. We'll move on. Thank you, Meep. We'll look forward to seeing that, at least that illustration. You don't actually have to tear up your Phantasma stuff. Um, I'm only slightly working you, even though I truly hate him. So moving on. The big kibosh fight package. We talked about it a little bit earlier. This week, um, what you got, the new addition to it was commentary from a bunch of the other fighters. You had Out Chavo. Out of character, but they're talking about like it's a fight. They're talking about like they're on fight teams. I kind of like that. No, but it's like, I'm Cage and I'm nice, but Johnny Mundo likes to tweet. Look, he likes to cheat in matches, and I'm not even wearing my fucking glove, guys. Woo! (laughs) Check out my moose knuckle. Take it you didn't like it. Uh, Chavo, I thought Chavo had some some decent real analysis, as well as Stryker. Yeah, Chavo, Um, the guy that's not even supposed to be in the fucking temple anymore. Byron, you would love this. This is the most Trevor has talked on any television program ever anywhere. How much um, did he cry? Puma Puma talked at great length in his slightly high-pitched voice uh-huh. about the match between Johnny and Ray all day long. Also, was kind of fucked up his tweener status, though, and saying that Ray clearly was going to win. Um which I guess you're right. That does kind of take away for a little bit from the the storyline kayfabe going on right now. Um, but I, I like Stryker in there too. Like Stryker's proving that shit. Maybe he could probably do some MMA commentary if he wanted to, if he like learned some MMA stuff and knew what Mission Control was and shit like that. Um, I liked the hype package. I thought it was cool. I should watch that. I I don't know, Justin. It. I, it's it's making me feel like they're changing the identity of the show. If that's what they're going for, then by all means. But, eh, I there don't know. Something, there is something cool about the show. I mean, I do miss... I do miss some things because there's no replay. But I also dig that about the show. You know, I, it makes it different. So, yeah, I don't like the I don't like the instant replay. But, I mean, for WWE, know, I do like it, though, because then you can have it on in the background... Pay no yeah. attention, and as soon as the screen and screen comes up, you know it's time to look up and see the like two things in the match that actually matter. So I don't why, like the uh, instant replay because 
I'm an asshole. And I think that if people want to see something again, they should have to pay for it on iTunes. There you go, Lucha Underground. I just put some money in your pocket. Well, I, but I think if you're going to have a one-hour blitz of a show, you want to you want people paying attention to every moment of it. So to your point, I do the same thing. If I have Ross or SmackDown on, I wait until they freak out and they show a replay, and then I'll pay attention to it the second yeah. And you, it just kind of cues you in of when you have to pay attention, and they kind of have to do that. But that's also them talking down to their fans. And yes, Andre, I do kind of agree with you in the chat room that um, maybe it did do his tweener character okay, just because he reluctantly had to say that that he thought Ray, you know, would win. But at the same time, it was just weird to hear Puma talk that much. Yeah, like this is the most he's ever talked. Literally, the the. It's double the word count of his longest promo in Lucha Underground today. Uh-huh. It's more Very than he said all of season one combined. Yeah. Well, I mean, he had what two lines in all of season one, like uh and uh and no uh, Conan. He even, yeah. <laughs> he would do this. Conan is me poppy. He would do this, and then he'd do a flippy thing. That was as his line. To, like just as a, opposed a to his show? lines post season three, which are. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. I'm I'm guessing that they filmed these fight packages a long fucking time ago, <laughs> or else he wouldn't that, even be in them. Yeah. I think it makes sense though that he lost to Ray on a big stage, so I think he would make sense in saying. Yeah, but I mean, he also knows how good Mundo is. Like, I don't know. I think Mundo's going to win that match, but we'll see. I mean, maybe it's time to put the strap on Ray, but. I guess that would make sense too. You put the strap on Ray, then you send him into Ultima Lucha as the champion. You pop some ratings, you pop some numbers. It would make sense, but I mean, I always feel like you know, the money's in the chase is what I always say. Which they named an episode of uh, Glow. The money's in the chase is the last episode of this season of Glow. Um, but it is. It really is. So I feel like Mundo should retain going into Ultima Lucha, and then I don't know who the baby face is that they'll have chasing him down but here's, or maybe here's the feud with Ray goes on there or is maybe- money but I think with Ray there's money in him being an ambassador to the brand and I think with the hiatus or with the space between seasons they're well, that's what I'm, well that would be smart it would be smart to put the belt on him at Ultima Lucha I don't think it would be smart to put it on him this early after you know in in the mid-season with the Cueto Cup which is right. when they're talking about this match is not at Ultima Lucha. It's at the finale of the Cueto Cup. Putting it on Ray there what doesn't make sense to me. If you put him on it, put it on him at the end of the season, yeah. and then even though he's not running around with it now or whatever, you could like have it on him and then go from season to season with this big gap where Ray's out doing events and everything and carrying the belt and showing yeah. that this huge star that was a huge star in Mexico and in WWE and ECW, like this guy who's played all over the world is your champion. That'd be great. Yeah. Though technically they could be doing that with Mundo too. And you know, that's one of the other things I don't think Lucha quite has dialed in. Like whatever's going on on their TV storyline, they should pay these guys a little extra money to represent that outside of it. Like Mundo should yeah. be showing up in AAA right now with like all the AAA belts and the Lucha Underground Championship. Well, he's on Instagram promoting his indie shows, and he's a champion at a whole bunch of local promotions, indie promotions. And so he's taking, he's showing pictures with their belt. Like he should always have 
Like when, uh, when you should have a lucha belt with him. Why not? Let give the guy a prop. What does it cost you to have a fucking replica belt made for the guy to carry around to these shows? Thousand bucks. When Do Sammy it. Callahan became the AEW champ, they had him take the belt all over, all of all over, and that put the promotion on the map. Yeah, and Lucha Underground like might be a bigger promotion than AEW, but not that much bigger. Yeah, but I think <laughs> they can I think, still use the rub wherever they can get it and keep the credibility with the fans. I mean, one of the reasons why Lucha Underground got over in the first place was it was a fans promotion, like it was for the people by the people kind of promotion. Yeah, have the guy and, out there uh, repping it. How many people are gonna be like Rey Mysterio? I used to watch him in WWF or WCW when I was a kid. Like they're gonna be drawn to that name. Yeah, as old as Ray was, I don't believe he was ever in the actual WWF, uh, Byron. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. No, he joined. <laughs> he actually joined right after they switched to WWE. Yeah, but but still, like everyone knows him more than like. There's there's a lot. I'd say most wrestling fans, people who have enjoyed wrestling in their lives, but don't watch it consistently, don't know what Lucha Underground is. But they know who Ray Mysterio is. Exactly. So, so if he's walking around with some new belt, they're gonna be like, "Oh, what's that?" Well, I think the same as can be said for Mundo. Mundo got around, and he's still more over having been Johnny Morrison or whatever in WWE. I mean, millions yeah. and millions of people watched him at at one of the bigger stages of WWE when the ratings were super high. Whether he was a top guy or not, people fucking remember him from whatever. Eminem and all that shit back then. And let's like not he, let's not forget the millions and millions of viewers of Boone the Bounty Hunter. I heard that thing's doing okay. I heard it did a little bit better than Bates Hunting on okay. Amazon. Well, it probably did. I hope it does well. <laughs> well, he put up some of his own money for that thing too, so I honestly hope it goes well also. Oh, I, shit, yeah. I like yeah, definitely, dude. Good luck, for sure. Hennigan um, Morrison... Did he put whatever any the fuck of his money up for Russell Madness is my question. No, no. He got paid to be there. I think I think it's always a good thing when a professional wrestler can make money without getting dropped on their neck. You know what else is a good thing, Byron? What? The main event of Lucha Underground this week, Killshot versus Jeremiah Crane. Yeah, I don't know if there's enough good things I can say about it. What do you... I, the general vibe I was getting on the internet was on the Twitter machine was that hey, Lucha Underground is putting on a match with these two huge guys because they weren't that huge back then and now they're huge on the indie scene. You know, like they're putting on this huge match with these guys, but they don't know what they're doing. I mean, this for me, when we saw this live, especially, this was like, you know, I had been touting Killshot for a while, and Casey was still kind of like, eh, he's all right. I don't hate on him, but he ain't the, the super greatest. And, you know, and I had, I've gotten that from a few people, but this was the match where I was like, see, see, I told you Killshot was fucking sweet. <laughs> um, yeah, and dude, and these guys, it took uh, Sammy to these do guys it, though. Train together, right? Yeah, like, I, I know they've been up and down the road a lot together. I don't know how yeah. much they train together or not, but these guys have done a lot together. I mean, and you know that because there's no way in hell there's any black man in the world that's going to let Sammy Callahan spit full loogie onto his hand, watch it start to drip, and then slap you with it. 
Like uh, you have to be friends of some kind for that to be allowed. It was grotesque. It was the most disgusting thing I've yeah. ever seen in Lucha Underground. Whatever and it was Tim, amazing. Whatever Timmy Callahan is doing, he's embracing it. I think you could say that much. I mean, and he's spitting kill shot's face at one point. You think Literally. that most disgusting, Justin? Wait until they hire Dan Shokudino and you see his version of it. Mmm. Yeah, mm, does he like really rub and then with the stuff and then yeah dude he could just do like straight up silence of the lamp status just like a tuck and an, and an i'd fuck me kind of no thing? no you know the guy in the fucking jail that throws the jizz oh yeah oh that's multiple migs multiple migs in the next cell what did he say to you he said i can smell your cunt oh <laughs> That uh, your Jody Foster is so much better than your Tejano. <laughs> Thank you, Thank you. I'll be here all week. Does anyone have a pinball table? Oh, oh, too soon. That's like a Twin Towers joke. That's awful. Oh. It's a great movie though, and a great scene. Moving on. So, um, yeah, like there's so many things. I, I don't I don't even know where to start. The spit in the hand, uh, the wiping out kill shot in the whole front row. I, I don't know. The um, spike rolling cutter that, that kill shot did where Sammy came down like forehead first him, <laughs> on uh, purpose. Like he, he planted a, an, apron, an apron Death Valley driver right in front of Byron. Like, fuck you, Byron. I know you're going to complain about this in a year. Um, every kick was freaking amazing. The double KO moment, which almost happened for real at Bellator this weekend. Uh Um, the fight forever chant that I'm pretty sure I started. Um, (laughs) and then, uh, you know, kill shot hits the big, uh, dead to rights, double stomp that striker still won't use the name that I've given it and calls it something different every single time. I think this time it was the kill shot stomp or something stupid. That sounds Dude, really Dusty good. Dusty Rhodes it. had the best name for it. He called it the double stomp to the belly willy. <laughs> it's the no, double stomp to the belly willy. What, Byron? Kill shot does it to the face. No, this time it was uh, uh, clearly Sammy knows how to take this move because Sammy. Sat up into it, rolled back right off the shoulders and the neck. It looked perfect and did not get kill shot the win because that man, Dante Fox, AR, came in and interrupted things. And uh, Sammy got the win. It was awesome. Loved everything about it. And uh, also proof that AR Fox is crazy because he was fine hanging out in those rickety ass rafters. Yeah, really, though. I mean, and this, again, I believe all this stuff was filmed pretty early in the season because I don't think we had seen even the last match that we saw from AR yet at this point in time. No, and I... And it was still kind of like... I, I knew AR from, from CZW, and I was like, dude, is he going to jump from up there? <laughs> like, as soon yeah. as he came out, I was like, oh, no. Then bad things are going to happen to these people. <laughs> Um, Would not be surprised. Yeah, shit. No, I, I think it was shot out of order, but I don't remember because it was a year ago. <laughs> yeah. It was more. Well, this stuff was almost a year and a half ago. Like, I right. feel like this this whole episode was filmed pretty early on. Um, 
because when they got back to the Cueto Cup later in the season, this stuff was not there, which makes sense because, you know, all these guys go on in the Cueto Cup. So they have other matches and everyone's feuds come out of this. And, and you know, you get a lot of good stuff based on what happens in the Cueto Cup. Um, all right. So I guess we can talk about the very last segment now, the last vignette coming off of one of the best matches of the whole season with Dante and Jeremiah or not uh, Killshot and Jeremiah. We go into a backstage segment where it is announced who son of, of Havoc's opponent for next week is going to be. And um, he looks eerily a lot like Son of Havoc. And his name is Son of Madness. And we're introduced to him through Dario Cueto, uh, setting him up as this question mark that we've seen on the Cueto Cup bracket. We now know who it is. It's Son of Madness. Is it still yeah. Kevin Cross? People are saying they wanted Kevin Cross to be the question mark. Oh, uh, that beard looks pretty real. I don't think Kevin Cross ever had uh, a beard that long. No, this is some other guy who looks pretty much exactly like Son of Havoc, who is also from the open road, which is Dario asked where, where Bill am from, and he said, Bill me from the open road. So, uh, yeah, we Clearly, talk about who he is, but I don't want to ruin anyone's fun of trying to figure out who he is while he's wrestling next week. I've seen a lot of really hilarious guesses, and none of them are right. Does it matter who he is, though? You know, I'm actually a big fan of the guy under the mask, and I so still... So is he going to be any good? Because this gimmick <sighs> seems like one of the worst ideas that That's has ever come from say, DJ and or Roach or whoever came up with this piece of shit. I am not a fan of this moment in this episode at all. I saw that and I was like, what the ever living fuck are we doing with a son of havoc clone? Like the character is mediocre to begin with. And now there's two of them. Luke yeah. doesn't need two of anything. This is that, horrible. That is what I was going to say. Justin is I'm a fan of the guy under the mask and I feel bad for him for getting this is his shot. I mean, do you think they can take him out of this gimmick and repurpose him? Because this just doesn't strike me as something that A, is going to be very long-lived, and B, that is a good idea. Like, How it just doesn't... Uh, I did mean, I've seen, the guy, I've seen the guy personally wrestle under three different gimmicks before he had this one, so... Yeah, like, they, they could repackage him. He's a versatile dude, and he's a good wrestler. I just don't see where this could possibly lead... <clears throat> um, unless like there's there's a son of a son of the open road Eiffel Tower or something going on with Evie, I don't see like anything that would be shocking or interesting that they could possibly do with this character. Son, son of anger and son <laughs> of intestinal distress. I and mean, then- even even if you threw Masquerita in there somehow, I still don't think no. this would work. Am I crazy? Byron, what were you saying before you got cut off? I don't think we heard you. Oh, I was I was asking if if uh, Madness also has a silent little a Buffalo Bill voice. Yeah, he does. They they gave him the Buffalo Bill voice. Huh. It's just it's weird because Son of Havoc is you know I love Son of Havoc. He's awesome, but he's kind of like that underachieving sort of underdog type, you know, and it basically like. He should be fighting people who are, who are more. Uh, I don't know what the right word is, but I don't want to say interesting, but more like 
Look, if this helps him go complete babyface, like total over-the-top cheese dick Bailey hugging people babyface, which is where I think he should be, then maybe it's worth it. But short of that, short of something that puts him in that kind of babyface light, I just can't imagine that there's anything good that can come out of a storyline of having a Son of Havoc clone. Well, this is something that you learn when you watch hit TV shows like like Glow, where you need a big face needs to have a big heel to help complete the story and the motivation and then we get the right reactions. And basically, now Senna Havoc is going to be in a program with someone that I think underwhelming is probably the best way I can put it. Look, if he's Son of Havoc and this other guy's Son of Madness, I can only hope that Madness and Havoc show up and bury both of them. Where they both get pinned in the same match all the time. Well, and maybe that's where this is leading to. Like if all of a sudden there's two of them and they're in some kind of tag, maybe that's interesting because they have the same look and maybe they're partners and the fucking temple fans are responsible for this now. I just thought of something. Uh oh. What happened? Um, how how did we get Were you guys there for the war of the Kevins by any chance? Um, yep. I was there the day after that, I feel like. Okay, I'll tell the story next week about the War of the Kevins and how I think that might have influenced this a little bit. Oh, God. Yeah, so maybe we need Sister of Havoc, Dad of Son of Havoc, which would have actually just be Havoc. Um, <laughs> like, maybe we need a whole family gimmick so they, at least he could be on a trios because there's no, there's no tag teams in Lucha Underground. Have they ever done a sing- like a regular just tag team match or has it always been trios? Yeah, yeah. Cuerno yeah. and uh, Cage were a tag team for a while against like Puma and Mundo. Uh, yeah, I forgot about that. That well, was that's really one, though, right? Mm-hmm. That 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 like lasted a little bit actually. But that but was pre-trios, wasn't it? That wasn't that before yeah. the inception of the it trios. I feel like since yeah. the trios, they have not done a single tag match that wasn't either a six-man or a trios match. Yeah, or the Tomicos. Or Tomicos, yeah. So fun, yeah. and I'd like to see more of. Um, so anyway, yeah, that was, um, I was a horrifying, uh, way to end an otherwise okay episode of Lucha Underground. Um, on a 10 point scale, I'm going to give this episode a five. I'm going to say it's right in the middle. You know what I'm going to give it? What are you going to give it, Casey? Hmm. I wonder. Was Pentagon on the show, Justin? Uh-oh. Pentagon wasn't on the show. No, I didn't. I don't think I saw Pentagon anywhere. Zero out of five. Uh, come on. Even with Katrina. Zero out of five. Katrina doesn't get like a point five out of you. Katrina and Thunder Rosa. Oh. Zero out of five, sir. Killshot and Jeremiah. Jeremiah spit like an entire loogie on his hand and then it, smacked it on Killshot. It was, Come right, on. It, it's going to take more than spitting on people. Or I would be a fucking Haruka Aigen fan, which I am. Which that's a really obscure <laughs> Japanese wrestling reference right now. But... uh. Yeah, dude. No, um, you guys know my score. Is Pentagon on the show? Does he win? Somehow that makes five points, and so zero out of five. <sighs> what about you, Byron? What'd you think? Oh, you haven't seen it yet. I think it's <laughs> uh, six and a half. That's probably right. Um, okay, look, I went to Raw. I know you don't want to talk about WWE case, but I'm going to make you because I got to. I got to talk about some things. 
before we go, move. go ahead, Justin, because I really need to go to the bathroom right now. So go talk raw all you want. All right. There was the N word dropped on Raw this week. <laughs> gonna gonna miss that conversation. I, I've heard it's good, it's good to hear Hulkster's back. All right. <laughs> I just don't like this Levar Ball segment and fam. Like, I, I I have issue with it, and I get why WWE was doing it, and I get that this wasn't the script, and I get that Levar went into business and. Uh, it was just, it was, it was cringeworthy. It was Mr. Krabs is right. Like it, it was just like, it made me uncomfortable. Uh, I was sitting in a section with a lot of kids and they were looking at me like, what is this? And I'm looking at them like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, even when Ambrose came out, Ambrose is like, I don't know half of what you just said, but I've been paid to come out here and finish this gimmick off somehow, some way. And I don't know how I'm going to do that, but I'm going to smile and do it anyway. And poor Miz was standing out there like, what did I sign up for? I don't do this. Like I do Kentucky fried chicken commercials, but this is a fucking stretch. <laughs> um, the whole thing was just, it was cringeworthy. Um, and you know, there's a time and a place to drop the n-word and this isn't it wwe you know a family show that pushes the envelope but this isn't where it needs to be pushed we don't need m-bombs on raw like even even in jest even from a black man to another black man in any way even just trying to sound street like it just doesn't apply like they don't even say shit and, you know, regular 8 p.m. shows get away with saying the word shit now. I WWE gotta, doesn't even go there. You what are you saying, Byron? I'm sorry. Uh, I think, you know, a lot of people either like or they don't like the direction that the company is in um, as far as the maturity of their content. But when you work for them, you have to respect that it's a group effort to put on a PG product because that's the crowd you're getting like the parents that bring the kids and have a family night out and that sort of thing. That's the company that you work for. And I think a lot of the people who work there get it. And some of the responses on Twitter or in interviews, um, or fall in line with that, where they were very upset that these, these celebrities brought in and did something that was very inappropriate. Yeah, and I and I believe that he was in business for himself, or at least off book, you know, to a certain extent. He was he 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 was floating out there and just hyped up and trying to trying to make it good or whatever. But at the same time, like the N word on Raw is just not necessary, man. And then I mean, like the whole the whole look for black people as a whole on Raw this week wasn't good. Like even even the Titus brand segment felt a little out of place to me. And LeVar and the Ball family coming out like that just it didn't work. It was bad news. And I know they want to do something big with celebrities every time they come to L.A. I get that. And they should. It makes sense. But at the same time, that was an epic fail. Now, what wasn't an epic fail? uh, I don't know what to make of Roman Reigns these days. Like he came out and sitting there live. It was deafening the amount of heat he was getting. He is the company's top heel. It does not matter how you book him. That crowd booed Roman Reigns out of the fucking building, which, don't get me wrong, means that he is completely fucking over. Yeah. The dude is so over because people care about him, good or bad, more than 
anybody else on that entire roster. Almost more than Cena. Like a lot of people are kind of like the whole Cena hate. Yeah, like, why, but, but why even bother hating on Cena? Like, people, yeah. and maybe it is this intentional at WWE now, people are hating on him just because they're trying to force WWE to change the booking of him. Yeah. But maybe if WWE stops doing that and changes the booking of him, then he doesn't get the heat, so that the only way left to get the heat is to let this continue. Maybe this is really all WWE can do at this point because the guy is fucking over. And here's the thing. As deafening as the booze were for that guy, I saw more Roman Reigns shirts than any other superstar there. I think Gross. from what I saw, <laughs> Dean Ambrose um, and uh, Seth probably had a good number out there and the Bailey shirts were out of control. Where the fuck are the Taker shirts? Jesus Christ. No, but they were still selling a Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, Los Angeles 316 shirt that actually moved quite well that night from merch. Which it's I was funny because I, uh, I think him and the company are in the I don't like you phase again. I don't know. They're still making money together because I'm pretty sure they all get a cut of that shit. Yeah, um, they got so, that talking Stone Cold figure that's not his voice. But well, it, you know, it, sounds, it sounds like it's almost like the reverse Daniel Bryan push where Daniel Bryan was kind of, he was an underdog and he had the 12 second WrestleMania loss and yeah. it caused people to get behind him more. Now Roman, they see that there's some electricity going on. They see that you go, Hey, do you watch WWE? And someone goes, I don't watch that. Roman Reigns sucks. So now it's like, there's the power of someone who doesn't even watch a show has a strong emotional reaction to this character on the show or they watch the show and they hate this guy so much that they're just talking trash about him. And it's, I don't know, man, it's over no matter how you cut it. And when Braun threw him into that ambulance, super huge pop. That was hilarious. So over. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was hilarious and seeing it live. It was like, it was a great spot. It looked great live. Uh, the only part that didn't play out well is, you know, Braun slapped the ambulance on the back and it didn't pull off immediately like it should have. But uh, other than that, that whole spot was great. Um, the Why double down on, on Cass's heel turn went over great live. Loved right. it. Oh, yeah. I mean, Enzo came out. There's a big pop. Cass and Enzo start to get back together. Being a longtime wrestling fan, I obviously knew where it was going. But, you know, clearly the younger fans in the audience in the section I was sitting in had a ton of kids. It was like a frigging field trip over there because um, I was on hard camera side. Um, you know, I wasn't down with the rowdies in the, uh, on the, the on-camera side. I was on the hard-camera side. But, yeah, where I was sitting, lots of kids and stuff. And, dude, none of them saw it coming. They were all like, oh, thank God, Cass and Enzo are back together. <laughs> and then they walk all the way, you know, they get out of the ring and everything. Like, they got so far, and then Cass swerves on him again. And, like, kids were crying. It was amazing. Like kids and women and people's moms were like, oh, I can't believe Cass did it again. Like it was last week. You didn't think they were going to actually reverse the fucking heel turn, did you? It's <laughs> fucking funny. amazing how, how little simple stuff like that can still work in this day and age. It's funny. So is en is cool. Enzo supposed to be just a complete fucking moron? Is that what we're getting out of this? How have you seen him, dude? Yeah, I mean, and Enzo even came out and made the whole speech like, look, I don't care what happened, blah, blah, blah. 
we we're brothers we've been through this for so long we've gotta we gotta heal these wounds blah 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 he said that he did the whole thing and people and look enzo's charismatic he's got he's got good stick work and he sold it like cast didn't do shit cast just came out shook his hand gave him a hug and then fucking heel turned on him again <laughs> like shit. that guy's got no no work skills compared to to enzo yeah. but look he's gonna get the the standard vince uh heel big man push now yeah good for well, i hope I hope it works out, and I hope they both have, uh, they both keep making money and selling merch and stuff after this. But it's kind of funny that they have so much merch for sale, and they have uh, new Funko Pops uh, as a tag team. Walgreens exclusive Funko Pops that you can only buy at Walgreens. And. <laughs> well, so does it make sense to break them up? What do you think? I mean, do you, are you saying they should stay together? Because I don't, I honestly don't see the sense in breaking them up, especially when you got Braun and Baron Corbin and all these other guys that they're trying to push to that level. Like, where's Cass even fit in there? These guys, these guys don't need belts. They don't need programs. They go on the show. They do sing-songy stuff to the ring. They got words people love to say, and then you know people love to watch them do their thing, win or lose. They, they, they dance afterwards, whatever. Yeah, they, who were those guys that were doing the worm and hanging out with Rikishi forever? What the fuck were those guys' names? Too cool. Too they? cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they don't. They're, they're the modern version of that, right? Except they probably sell a lot more merch and make yeah. the company a lot more money until now. Yeah, I saw I saw a lot of those Cup of Hata shirts. I saw a oh. lot of them. How many stuff? Which is crazy because those are fucking stupid shirts, but. Cup of Hata. <laughs> I mean, Enzo's entertaining. I don't. I don't dislike the guy. Like, yeah, he's, he's not... great. Yeah, but you need. Yeah, to Scotty, to Audi, and Brian Christopher. Thank you, Daniel. I appreciate that. My my brain is fried. I know. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I guess I just don't. I don't see it yet. Like, yeah, I don't see the money in them in breaking them up. I don't think it's bad television writing. Right. I think it's an interesting storyline to do a little something with them and have these two guys that are really over all of a sudden uh, one of them be fed up. And I guess it makes sense storyline-wise that Cass is just like, this guy's a fucking schmuck. He just comes out here and talks all this stupid shit every fucking week, and then I have to go and do all the wrestling for him. I mean, like, he shot on him a little bit by saying that because it's been pretty true, especially his yeah. you know, weird injuries that Enzo has gotten and you know his work rate isn't the greatest for being as hyper as he is. But to be fair, Cass wouldn't be on TV if it wasn't for Enzo getting both of them over. Yeah, imagine him as a solo guy in NXT. How little would you care about that freaking guy? Like, would he have ever made it up, ever? Like, there's no reason to even put a guy like that on Raw. But now, yet, they're breaking him off by himself. Yeah. So maybe clearly, one of them knows something we don't. Maybe that's why they're doing it. They kind of figure if they don't get Cass to start using those muscles on his own, to start trying to, you know, pull his own weight now at this early point in his career, then what if he just coasts as a sidekick to a, a sidekick? I don't know. I don't know. I hope, though, that they uh, – I think they could save the gimmick, though, by, by putting Big Show in it permanently instead of Big Cass. I think that that would be entertaining. I like the one week that they had Big Show in it. I think it would be funny if they left him in it with him and Enzo. Oh. And cast and, and and, but Big Show could go into it the whole time, more reluctantly, like always looking over at this guy, like really, we're doing this fucking gimmicky shit again, and then just being like, eh, okay, fine, fuck it, what else am I doing? 
Like that yeah. makes more sense to me. Yeah, but I don't see Big Show really at this point in his career doing that. I think he's kind of almost ready to retire. He's been very open about not liking how things are run creatively. Now he he and Jericho talk about how they prefer to do live events. Well, yeah, but I mean, look what's going to happen here. Big Cass is probably going to probably going to have a feud with Big Show at this point. What else are they going to do with Cass? Show's going to probably have to put Cass over before he gets out, before he gets to retire and get his Hall of Fame status or whatever. Yeah, you you know what Cass is going to be doing? He won't be selling T-shirts. Not a single one. Big Show still could though. Anyway, um, getting paid less money to do the same job. The other things I liked about uh, the live show, I I loved the Heyman, Samoa Joe, Brock Lesnar stuff. Played out great live there. Um, Seeing Brock come out too, like, dude is is a superstar. And he did nothing there, but it popped the whole freaking crowd. And the, the heat with him and Samoa Joe, it's like... And no, nobody knows who's the face there either. I, I like who's the face between Brock and and Samoa. Doesn't matter. Nobody knows. They're both heels, right? They're both big tough guys, and you're basically watching two trains collide. Except you know, you know that Lesnar's going to win, Joe's going to lose, but Joe is good enough at at making it seem like he's. You think Lesnar's going to hold the belt? I think they get the belt off of Lesnar. I think they spoon feed Joe. I think they have a, bo- a money match later on a higher, important, a more important pay per view. I don't know, and you might be right with the fact that Joe has put Brock out and put Heyman out. Like you know, the fact that Brock's jobbing out to to Joe on these lead ups does kind of make me feel like Brock wins. But at the same time. I feel like with the amount of appearances they get out of Brock and what they need to do with the belt next, um, I feel like they have to take it off of Brock. I don't think they can leave it there. And are they going to find somebody more credible? I mean, I guess they could have Roman or Braun take it off of him, but I think that's what they're that's what they're going for. That's the big money for in their eyes. It's Roman, Braun, Brock, and you know Joe is still relatively new. Joe has been someone I've wanted to fight Brock for a long time. Well, look, he's uh, Joe has gotten the rub. The highlight of him getting the Coquina Clutch on Brock this week at Raw in Los Angeles will be a career highlight for him forever. When he gets inducted into the Hall of Fame 52 years from now, they'll show that clip of the time that Samoa Joe choked out Brock, match or no match, belt or no belt. Yeah. Um, that moment was great. Nia Jax, however... Um, finishing off the show and basically running through the entire women's division before she hit uh, Sasha. Yeah. Uh, super I questionable. That. I watched now, that. I literally live, they, live, they had Seth and Bray Wyatt finish off the night because obviously they knew that this women's thing might be good TV, but certainly wasn't a good way to finish off a live event, even with Sasha winning at the end. Like, it just, it was X-Pac heat the whole time. Like, Mickey James was killing it and still got no kind of pop. Yeah. There was nothing, nothing until Sasha started to turn it around a little bit. Like, for five matches straight to end the show, nobody in Staples Center gave a half of a shit. They don't 
Raw has not done a good job trying to get storylines or trying to get any sort of continuity going with the characters. I remember in NXT, Nia Jax, Nia Jax, whatever, she was like even worse than she is now. And she had just the hugest match with Bailey, the two matches, and they split them. But Bailey put her out the front face lock, put her to sleep and won the match. That was like the biggest thing. They made it a big deal. They didn't fight every single episode. You know? Yeah, and, and I mean, look, I think the obvious plan here is they're still trying to make this star out of Sasha. Somehow Alexa got there first because Alexa is a bona fide star. Alexa could have burned the house down coming out. Like when she came out at the end, yeah. huge pop, huge pop. One of the biggest pops of the night. Um, yeah, Alexa is fucking over. And maybe she can finally give Sasha the rub that Charlotte was close to giving Sasha, but still never gave her. Um, and I feel like that's the plan. Like the merch is kind of there for Sasha. She's so close to being a top star, but somehow yeah. it's Alexa. Sasha has to go over to SmackDown. The, between the two of them, Sasha emphasized in her skill set in reaction. And Alexa emphasized character work, facial expressions, and just connecting with the crowd. Um, but it just goes to show you, like, work rate is not everything. Like, Alexa but, is an okay worker. Sasha's clearly yeah. better, but Alexa's more over and deserves it. But in the past what, six months or whatever the brand split was, Alexa was on SmackDown getting her skill set highlighted. While, while Sasha but she was wasn't even. Off. Honestly, she lucked into a little bit of it, and but yeah. but she rose to the occasion. Like... Those other girls in SmackDown had been trying to cut promos on, on each other for months, and then they gave Alexa the stick like one time, and she lit them all the fuck up. But That's she, all it took. But they let her do her thing, and she got to show, she got to do the thing she's good at. And Sasha is good in the ring, and they ruined that. They diluted what she could do well so much, it doesn't matter. You know and what would make Sasha really good? You know what, what? would make her awesome? Not dying. Wrestle on. Joey Ryan. Let her wrestle Joey Ryan. That's what would make her awesome. I mean, who doesn't want to wrestle Joey Ryan? That puts you on the map. But that's what she needs. These girls are not elevating each other for the most part. Um, yeah. Mickey James elevated Alexa. Yeah. But Mickey's like the only one that could do that. Tamina's actually been okay. Like, they need to let her wrestle more because I think these girls could learn something from her. She's completely boring. Yeah. as a character but I don't, really. this Her women's division unless good. they figure out a way to spice it up somehow like alexa becky charlotte are the division and it's not sasha somehow they have failed with sasha and i don't quite understand it because seven or eight months ago she was on the cusp of being yeah. something really, really huge, and somehow they fucking ruined it. And I still don't quite understand, but it's but it's pretty ruined now to the point where I almost don't really even care. And they're doing the same thing with Bailey now too. The fact that Bailey mm. was the first one squashed out in that, and like she's kind of out yeah. of the picture now. She was huge when she showed and her, up. Her, like I said, her merch is through the roof. She's a pure baby face. They got to book her that way. They got to get her in the chase in a way that makes sense. Honestly, it should be against a heel Sasha. Yeah. And they, well, they got to find a way to make a heel Sasha versus Bailey happen before WrestleMania. I don't for the belt. And then finally put yeah. 
Bailey over either leading into it at Rumble or coming out of it. Maybe not at Mania, but why not? Put a baby face over at Mania. Sell some goddamn t-shirts. I don't yeah, know. They should do that. Um, and uh, but- I got no comment on SmackDown other than, oh, I can't believe they just put it on Carmella after all that anyway. Yeah. What the, uh, the whole thing got ruined. The whole thing just. And what? another Punjabi prison match. Uh, uh, uh. That's going to be really good. They should do the, the big, what the big show's dad uh, for dinner. Do you remember match. SmackDown six months ago? Mauro Ronaldo, the mm-hmm. everybody who was on there, like it was the a show for a while. It was. And you know what? It's a C show now. NXT is better. It's fucking well, horrible. Ronaldo's on NXT now. So that brought it up. I think SmackDown will be the A show again. You know, once it keeps developing, I think the gender thing is working out okay. Gender's but okay, but they they got him stuck in the feud with Orton. Yeah, well, you and know, I feel like now they're gonna have to put the belt back on Orton. Like they can't go three deep and not switch the belt. But the thing, one way to look at it is, he is learning how to be champion and how to wrestle as a champion in main event on matches from Orton. Ooh, Orton. But yes, I'd agree with that. <laughs> like, like back from like backstage, you know, backstage stuff, whatever. Like, that's something where if you are serious about gender in the main event, that's who he's going to learn from. But hopefully, he gets to have, he gets to take that momentum and have an interesting promo with someone new afterwards, or interesting program where he can carry we'll himself a little bit better. But it's. I don't know. I th- I think SmackDown. I still think the interesting thing about SmackDown is how are they go? What what happens to everyone? Like why are how are they going to make themselves interesting? Look, Cena's coming back next week, so that should save everything, right? Uh, it'll yeah. be okay, but I think the whole Cena. I don't know. Maybe he does pop ratings. Maybe I don't. I don't mind Cena at all, and I like the the pseudo mid card status that they've had him in, where they elevate him to the top of the picture for a couple of nights and then he's just back at the top of the mid card or got some side angle or doing, you know, like, you know, he's like the miss. They just put him in a decent side angle in the middle of the show. It fills time and it's not boring. I mean, he's fine and his wrestling's fine. You know, and he pops, he pops the younger crowd. He sells merch. Kids love him. He he does great matches as far as like they're entertaining. They may not be new Japan six star matches, but all right, look, you mentioned New Japan. What's going on this weekend? What's New the haps? You're coming to town for this thing tomorrow? I, I don't think I'm going because I spent all my money at Raw, but what's up? What are you I, doing? I am flying back home tomorrow night, and I'm going to New Japan's Long Beach, California shows this weekend. And I'm going to see J-Man there and a bunch of other marks. I'm going to watch this incredibly historic match Ring of Honor World Champion versus IWGP World Champion Cody Rhodes versus uh, Kajuchika Okada. And it's going to be probably a really good match. I don't know. but You think still, so? It's World Champion versus World Champion, which is a spectacle in and of itself. And who do you think is going to win? Okada's going to win. Why wouldn't right. he? But <laughs> Cody is super over with the New Japan audience, which I think is cool. Now, do you, I feel like Okada's going to be more over here in L.A., though. I'm sorry, Long Beach, technically, right? They're calling it L.A. It's so Long Beach. Long Beach sucks. But Except for the aquarium and the bubblegum shrimp. 
Ooh, the, aquarium is, the aquarium is fucking dope. I I do give that high marks. And that Bubba Gum Shrimp for a chain restaurant, that particular one happens to be better than most of them. I don't know why. Maybe it's because they're taking the food right out of the aquarium. I think Jimmy and Maybe, because the one in City Walk's fucking garbage, if that's even yeah. still there. No, I don't even. Well, that one used to be a, a Gladstone's, too, didn't it? Oh, really? Yeah, and Gladstone's is like a million times better. Uh-huh. Gladstone's is like one of the best seafood restaurants in the Los Angeles area. Like the original one's in Malibu, for people who don't know. And then they put one at Universal City Walk, and it was decent. And then it turned into a tourist trap, and the Gladstone's people were like, well, fuck this. And they sold it to Bubba Gump Shrimp. And then it became like a cheesy fucking tourist chain trap seafood yeah. restaurant. So people love it. Casey talks about it all the time. He has horrible taste. Anyway, I'm super excited about New Japan. Um, I never thought I'd see a New Japan show. Or at least okay. So what? here's the question. Ring of Honor, PWG, or Lucha Underground? This is from Mr. Krabs. Not New Japan. New Japan's not in there. Ring of Honor, what PWG, or LU? What about them? Which one's your favorite? Which one's the best of those the three? Best? Yeah. Uh, personally, I well, I would say I enjoy Lucha Underground the most because that's the one I watch. I've been to PWG shows and they're fun, but I don't watch the DVDs after the shows. And I can't get tickets to see them live. I never watch Ring of Honor. Um, I like Lucha Underground the best. I like the whole noir aspect added to i'd say single day event like if if you if if there were those three companies were running a show the same day yeah in la and you could only go to one i would go to pwg because as a single event it will probably blow doors more than anything else but there's not going to be any storyline consistency or anything like that that you would get from Lucha Underground. Like Lucha Underground is a different thing. Yeah. And I think both of them kick the shit out of Ring of Honor on a regular basis. As much as I know that there's a lot of Ring of Honor fans out there, something yeah. about Ring of Honor is just really tired and stale to me, uh, even more so than Impact at this point. Like I, I find Impact more entertaining than I do Ring of Honor at this point. Maybe yeah. I'm crazy. Well, Impact's also on a real TV show, TV network. Ring of Honor is like public access. Well, I think but, that no, Ring of Honor's got around the same budget as Impact, though. Well, they but they look shittier. Maybe uh, it's put together worse. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like a lot of the workers at Ring of Honor too. I just don't, I don't care for the product yeah. that much. You go it's, ahead, Byron. It's a horrible thing to say, but I think anyone, basically anyone that I've ever heard of in Ring of Honor that I've wanted to see. I've kind of just waited to watch them go somewhere else. Like, I'll see someone in New Japan. I'll see the guys that are worthwhile watching in New Japan. Or I'll see when they get hired by WWE or Lucha Underground. And it's a horrible thing to say. And I don't, th- I don't think it's fair. But that's just how it's kind of worked out. I just don't watch Ring of Honor. But I, It I used think- to be that you just wait to see them in PWG because there was like a pretty like long period where pwg kind of became like ring of honor west coast yeah very much so yeah yeah but see and it was even uh, better though because everyone would come and just do like the super high spots filled version of whatever they did in ring of honor right and i pick uh lucha underground as long as they still have my favorite wrestlers there uh (laughs) as long as pentagon's there yeah yeah uh because lucha underground fans annoy me the least out of the three groups that you mentioned. 
I do think I do think though, as a live event, Lucha Underground audiences has a lot of the same energy that PWG has, and that's I mean it's some of the most fun you'll have at a wrestling show. You don't have to Agreed. worry about looking ridiculous. You just go nuts for and the and the and the wrestlers go nuts right back at you, and everyone has a good time, and Luke Underground has that too. I think as as to your, to your question, a one day event, you're gonna miss. Well, Luke Underground has a better taco truck, but uh, PWG has better merchandising opportunities. Yeah, I love <laughs> I love uh, when they do all their stuff around the ring with their merch, and you get to go talk to Chris Hero or Tommy, and or you get to talk to um, Zack Saber Jr. And, oh, and yes, Crabs, I've seen Lucha Vavoom and The Crash, and uh, they're both very good at times, but inconsistent. Yeah, we got to go to a Crash show. We do. We have to go. Josh Josh wants us to go, but uh, uh, well, uh, I got to do some things before I can, I'm allowed to leave the country. So we'll see. All right. So um, I got a couple of other quick things to talk about. I'm going to talk about Bellator first case, and then we can talk about some face off. Um, UFC is kind of on a break this week. UFC will be back with two shows going into their big uh, fight weekend. Also, if you want to go to the UFC Hall of Fame, uh, hit me up in the DM. There's free tickets going around, and if you can't still get one, hit me up. I know how to get one if you're going to be in the Vegas area for the Hall of Fame. Can't you can't get you free tickets for any of the shows. Probably get you a decent seat for money, but let me know. The... Um, UFC is coming into their their big thing, but they're kind of off this weekend. Um, and they just announced some big fights, like uh, um, Cyborg is now fighting Tanya Evinger, who's being brought over, um, which is interesting, though Tanya is still a little bit undersized, and I believe that as scrappy and as entertaining as Tanya is, Cyborg should have no problem beating her up in the face parts. Um, other UFC stuff, uh, I will say congratulations to Felice Herrig, People keep doubting her, but the little bulldog is something different now. Like, she flipped the switch. I don't know if you saw that fight or not, Casey, but... Fuck yeah, I saw the fight. Fucking poop. That girl is on a different level now. Literally knocked, uh, beat the shit out of, of Justine Dude, Kish. We almost got a poop stoppage. <laughs> I, I, it's so exciting. And then the ref didn't see it, and she ended up winning anyway. But what if the other girl won? Because the ref didn't see the poop. Oh, that would have been messed up. It would have been that a shit-based screw job, and it would have been amazing. And if you don't know what, what we're talking about, the new unified rules state that uh, if you poop yourself, you are basically thrown out. You you lose. <laughs> she didn't just poop herself, man. She shit all over the mat. She smeared the mat with some poop. At least that's what the photos look like. I, I don't know how accurate they are, but that's what it looks like. Um. But yeah, congrats to Felice on basically beating the shit out of that girl. <laughs> yeah. And people just don't know, man. Like like her coach, Jeff Curran, he has got sick jits. And I don't know if people remember Jeff from, from WEC or some of his uh, early UFC days, but like that dude, like he's a real jujitsu player. And Felice has finally picked that stuff up. And the thing that these other girls are not realizing about her is she is a complete, well rounded mixed martial artist. And what we're seeing right now is that those are the people who are beating up the specialists, like Tyron versus Wonder Boy. Tyron is an all around mixed martial artist. Wonder Boy is a karate specialist. He's a fucking better version of Sage Northcutt. But 
you get these guys who are well-rounded mixed martial artists and it's hard to it's hard to beat them um i also had no issue with the stoppage with uh kevin lee over michael chiesa i thought that that was completely fine like yeah maybe the fight got stopped a couple seconds early but can you really tell me that chiesa was going to get out of that choke like lee had that sewn up i don't ever want to see that fight again I don't need that hype. Like I'd like to see Lee versus, I don't know. Uh, Eddie would be nice or who else is there? Edson Barbosa maybe, or shit, bring yeah. Cowboy back down from 170 to fight Kevin Lee. That, that'd be fucking some Kevin, some Kevin Lee trivia for you, actually. Oh, what's that? That was the, that was Ugg's name on salute your shorts. His real name was Kevin Lee and they called him Ugg cause he was ugly. Oh. <laughs> ugly. I like it. That was a good show. Get behind it. Great show. Um, anyway, yeah, Casey and I will give our give all of our picks going into like the the double or triple event or whatever they're doing at UFC and our thoughts on the Hall of Fame or whatever next week. Um, yeah. This week, though, I got to talk quickly about Bellator. Meathead Mitch Rion getting that win over Fedor Emelianenko, like Boom. I told you was going to happen. After it. almost getting a double KO for real. Uh, like they both hit each other at the same time. And I was like, oh shit, what's going to happen here? And Fedor was like, that shit hurt. And Mitrio was like, Mitrio came to, and he even said this in an interview. He came to, saw Fedor was on the ground and was like, oh shit, Fedor's on the ground. I better beat the shit out of him right now. <laughs> <laughs> So he just jumped on him, and it was like one of those things where both dudes were clearly jacked up, and Mitrion was just the one that that came back to reality faster. Was an awesome fight, like highly entertaining in my opinion. Uh, Chael Sonnen humiliated Vanderlei, but yet didn't put him away. Like I thought that that fight was good, though. Like if you if that was what you were there to see, you finally saw it it really helps Chael's cause now because if he hadn't won a fight in big fashion after the Tito thing and after some of the other shit he's been through, like, look, he, he lost pitifully to Rashad before he left UFC and like all this stuff, like Chael has not been on a good run. This was a big moment for Chael and this gives Chael the ability to entertain us for a couple more years with a few more fights, whether he wins or loses. I think, um, as I said, many, many weeks ago, um, Chael can now, he can fight Fedor. I think Fedor has to take the Chael fight if Chael wants it. I think it's big money for both of them, and it's Fedor's best chance to go out on top at this point. Take take a Chael fight. Fedor beats up an undersized Chael son in after a bunch of shit talking. Fedor goes out with a huge paycheck, and everybody's happy. Um, but we'll see, because I think Chael, having won now, might have some other options. We'll see. Um, I don't know. He went out and cut a promo on a guy who lost the fight before. It's like, okay. He said he had a doughy fucking head. And uh, it's pretty hilarious. Said he hated New York, which was great. Which was awesome. I mean, he cut and he said that after he won in the, in the cage, too. He was just like, fuck yeah. these guys. And it's legit, too. He does not like New York. That was no bullshit. He doesn't care if he's fighting in Madison Square Garden. He hates New York. <laughs> Uh, he's a he's a Portland guy. He's an Oregon guy. He doesn't care. And about, he called himself uh, gangsta again too, which is always always a fun time. Hey, score one for the bad guy. Um, what else happened? Like Bellator was actually really really good. Like I'm very happy that I got that 
that pay-per-view. Um, oh, I love that this super hype train Aaron Pico kid that everyone's been hyping up forever got the brakes beat off of him by this eight and two fighter, Zach Freeman, that no one is ever going to hear from again. <laughs> we, I guarantee nobody gives a crap about anything Zach Freeman does for the rest of his career. Like that, who was the dude who beat CM Punk? Do you even remember? Mickey. Oh, you remember his name? Shit, Mickey Gall. Good job, Byron. Mickey Gall. I didn't think anybody remembered that kid anymore. But like, it's he's going to be another who cares for like the rest of his career. Nobody cares about Zach Freeman. Aaron Pico will probably go on to do great things, but got fucking humiliated in his debut fight after all the hype. And I loved every minute of it. Um, Brent Primus, who I like to call Primus. Um, took Michael Chandler's belt away after this weird broken foot stoppage. But I, I this is another stoppage I don't have an issue with. I didn't have an issue with the Kevin Lee one, even though it was technically early, but it, he was going to win. This one, like, look, Chandler, your foot's fucking broke, man. And it was broke during combat. Um, and you can't continue the fight. Like, the rest of the fight's going to be garbage, and the guy's going to hurt you even worse. He's going to kick your entire foot off. That's when fights should be stopped. And the crowd feels like they lost something or missed out on something. You didn't miss out on something. Like, imagine if that was a street fight. You break your foot for any reason in a street fight. What happens? Do those guys just stop? They stop beating your ass or trying to take your wallet or steal from you or whatever? No. You get your ass beat. Then you go get healed up. And then you go to their house with a shotgun and kick in the door. <laughs> like, whatever you got to do later. But, like... That's the fight game, people. Like, if you're mad about somebody, you know, getting mortally wounded and the fight being over, that's that's how fights end in the real world. That's how fight. That's what happens. Somebody gets hurt at some point for whatever reason, and then the other guy wins. So who cares if the belt changed hands that way? I'm fine with it. So are you saying know. are you saying that you disagree with the brown stoppage in fights? <laughs> no, the brown stoppage should be a way to that's that's perfectly okay. Justin, Justin, quick question. I need an honest answer. If you were an MMA fighter, would your nickname be the Brown Stoppage? <laughs> I would take that. I, I think I would take that. <laughs> That's not a terrible name. <laughs> um, what else happened in Bellator? Bellator was, was uh, oh, Douglas Lima kept his belt against Lorenz Larkin, which means that Douglas Lima is a bona fide badass because Lorenz Larkin is a real UFC fighter coming over to Bellator. He's beat some top guys. He's a top guy. Um, I think it totally legitimizes Douglas Lima and all of Bellator for them to get that win. Um, Ryan Bader, however, beating Phil Davis in a battle of who could care less. Those two fucks couldn't beat anybody in the top 10 in the UFC light heavyweight division, in my opinion. Neither of them deserves any kind of belt, period. Like, they don't deserve the World Series of Fighting Belt. Fuck both those guys. They're garbage. They didn't put up a fight. They danced around each other like two bitches. It was horrible. I hated it. Super mad. I would fight either one of them, and I'm pretty sure I would win. Fuck those guys. Strong. Strong. I mean, it was so boring. It was the, like, these are two guys who should be at, like, headline level for a UFC card. They, they don't have any kind of gumption. They don't have any kind of sack. They played patty cake with each other for fucking all those rounds. Like it was horrible, horrible, horrible fight. Those guys don't deserve to be called professional fighters. There was nothing professional about that. They, they didn't want it. They didn't act like they want it. They didn't go for it. They didn't 
act like they were going to go for it. They didn't please the fans. They didn't please their coaches. They didn't please themselves. They didn't please the promotion. They did nothing for nobody, and neither one of them should have any kind of fucking belt. Strip Bader right now just for being a dipshit, lazy motherfucker who didn't put up enough of a fight. Sorry. It's fired up. I like it. I will I'm going to get this fired up about straight. face off, Justin. It's coming. Last thing oh. I got to say. Um, oh, actually, two two things I got to touch on. James Gallagher, the little Conor McGregor, um, one over Lyoto Machida's older brother, Chinzo Machida, who should be a badass and somehow isn't. And he let this little Irish prick beat his face off and cut a promo on him like he was the next Conor McGregor. Hold on, Justin, how fucking tiny do you have to be to be the little Conor McGregor? Well, he's also a 145, but he is clearly smaller than Conor. And he's out of SBG, I believe. Him and Conor are friends. Um, ah. He's not UFC level by any stretch of the imagination. And Chinzo Machida is super good. But, dude, this James Gallagher guy choked out a Machida. Ooh. Yeah, like that's that's embarrassing. Like I hope Leoto kicks his older brother's ass because I believe I believe Chinzo is the older brother too. Oh wow, he's a one forty fiver. Um, all right. So here's the last thing I got to talk about fight wise before we talk about face off. BJ Penn. What the ever living fuck? So depressing. It was like not even really a fight. Like. I was excited to see this Dennis Seaver BJ Penn fight. Unlike the Chael Vanderlei fight, that was a good legends match where even though Vanderlei clearly was outclassed by Chael, still put up a decent fight. After the second round, like BJ had a couple moments, didn't even look like he was there, didn't even look like he had the gas to go three fucking rounds Damn. with Dennis Seaver. And like, I felt like the ref was being nice and letting the fight go all the way to the end just so. BJ could have the moral victory of saying he lasted 15 minutes magically in the octagon. How fucking sad and into a great career is this between the Yair beatdown and then just barely getting to the end of a match with Dennis Seaver? What the fuck happened to BJ Penn? I don't know. Were you were you as depressed by that as I was, Case? Oh God, I just heard how bad it was and it's like, you know, maybe his last fight should have been his last fight. I mean, it was a bad enough loss, you know, like really. I couldn't I stomach know, it. It was just really, it, it was sucks. really hard to watch and it wasn't painful. Like he was getting destroyed painful. It was painful. Like, why is this person in an octagon painful? It's like, this is, this is like old Facebook prelim worthy. Maybe. It was just not a good fight. And it fight. sucks because his, his actual like debut in the UFC, I think, is when our cable company started carrying the UFC again after the long hiatus where they refused to carry it. Right, right. And if not, it was like one of those first few. So it's like, oh, man. So he's I, always got kind of like that special place. Now, was that know? the Kyle Uno one where he just ran in and did all the straight punches and knocked him out and then ran out of the ring? Yeah, yeah. And they're trying to interview him and they're like, what the fuck? Where's he going? And it's he so just great. ran away. And then he came back later like, oh, oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah, it was great. Great. And then he just <laughs> ran off again. <laughs> like, that, that was, was awesome. so amazing to me. And Kyle Uno was a big deal in Japan. Like that little motherfucker was a bad ass. Yeah. Um, I totally thought he was going to win that fight. Cause I, had Oh seen yeah. Everybody stuff in did. Japan. <laughs> I mean, I don't think, I think the, the thing 
that people don't realize though is that I think Kauno was juicing a little bit in Japan and when he came over here he was not which was the problem with many pride fighters from what I understand is that their uh, their testing rules were slightly different over there yeah, you <laughs> than what we were doing here in the states yeah as in as in pump up on whatever you want just go in there and kick that dude's ass yeah um, so and but I mean a lot of that stuff was overlooked here too but I mean the straight steroids and stuff like that some of the guys were probably using in pride were were still against the rules here um, TRT was always something you could do here though and a lot of guys did um, until it was finally illegal so all right let's talk face off Brian you didn't have anything else to say about New Japan you're just excited to go uh, I'm excited to go. I think there, there's a lot of really good matches. Uh, Billy Gunn is going to take on uh, Tanahashi, which I think is interesting. Um, I'd I buy think, that for a dollar. I mean, I, th- I think it'll be a decent match, but I, I, you know, it's not the match I would put Tanahashi in. But then How again, long are you even in town for? Am I even going to see you while you're here? I'm gonna, I, I fly out July 10th. Oh, so you'll be around for the whole week. All right, I'll be around. So, we'll hook up next week at some point. Maybe we'll do a MMM show live and in person. That would be awesome. Maybe. We'll see. I, I have some hiccups with that that might prevent it, but I'll let you know what those are offline. We'll talk about it. Most, mostly it's that uh, the entire brass from Lucha Underground is probably going to hunt me down for talking shit on them tonight, but we'll see. Okay. We'll see if I make it through the week. Those guys are real smart. You think they saw Son of Madness on a piece of paper and thought this is a good idea? Yeah. Yeah, I kind of think they did. I don't and know, look, I can praise them all day long about the stuff that I love, but every now and then, there's a stinker in there. Son of Madness looks pretty much like a stinker to me. I mean, I think if you do a Son of Madness, then whatever. It's, look, I'm calling a spade a spade. I think Son of Madness is probably the worst Lucha Underground idea to date. Hands down. Unless there's a lot of cool stuff that's introduced outside the ring. I think at best it's, it's lazy. I would watch a sexy star marathon over anything with yeah, this. It's funny. Mix. Cause I was going to say sexy star winning the belt is the worst thing that they've ever done. But no, I think this might be worse to me, uh, yeah. to me personally. We'll see now. Now, now I've got issue with DJ or Roach or Stolman. I don't know who wrote it, or maybe it was EV Dub's idea. I don't know. Well, now they're just gonna blame it on fucking Stolman. They're gonna you say it was it. totally his idea. You know this was Stolman. They brought him to the writers' room, and they're like, "What do you got, kid? What? Let's <laughs> have this great idea you keep talking about." And he pitched it, and they're like, "Well, we're gonna do this one because this next idea has got to be worse." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who pitched it. All right. Face off. Dude. What happened, Casey? This was a little bit out of control for, for a show that's just supposed to be a fun little makeup romp. Oh, man. Like actual sacrilege of, in the makeup industry, which were Glenn's words. Okay, I've been watching this show for a while. Glenn's been a judge. I've never seen him get as actually mad as he was this week. Yeah, he was fucking hot. Like everybody was hot. There was some 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 strife and some things. Let me let me set up the show for people who don't yeah. know or don't watch. Um, makeup challenge this week was to do something whimsical. They were given these houses. Uh, one was wooden. One was made out of flowers. And from that, they had to come up with a whimsical threesome of costumes, uh, which fairy related or something. I don't know if it was even that specific. It was just supposed to be whimsical. Which for yeah, a lot of these like guys, 
yeah, for a lot of these guys, it's like, uh, I do monster makeup, like, fuck you, whimsical. And for a lot of other people, they're like, oh, I love fairies and wolves and shit. So, you know, and then there's people like Fina that she could probably get off on anything because she's awesome. Anyway, so uh, Team Twisted 4, who think they're Twisted <laughs> 6, but haven't had six members since like the first five minutes of the show this season, um, they were down to four people. So Joseph got traded to their team. Um, and Joseph seems solid the last couple of weeks. Like he's not the top guy on on uh, Team Material Effects. He but did win week one, though. He, that's he true. First challenge. So, I mean, that was a solid trade. And, you know, it was the dropping of the buffs that I predicted was probably going to have to happen because that foursome had no chance without at least one other person. <laughs> and even with Joseph, who knows? Because the other four, eh. So, yeah. um, let's talk about Team Ethereal Effects first, though, because then we can get to the good stuff. Um, Suzanne was elected leader, she said, but it was kind of like... She reluctantly put herself up and they all said, well, since the good people can't do it again, I guess you're nominated. <laughs> yeah. um, they got the wooden tree house and the original plan was to do a wood witch, a wood chuck and a fawn. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, the fawn didn't go so good though. Case what <laughs> did you no, see? That it didn't. Like, the sculpture yeah, was it not there. No, but then what they ended up with, they decided, oh, we'll just make it a girl woodchuck, and it looked just as bad, just a different shape. Yeah, like, it was horrifying. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but it was still leaps and bounds above anything the other team did. Well, and that's the crazy part, because they were only given two days for this particular challenge for some reason, probably because in a five-day taping week, they only had two days left. Um, mm -hmm. So they gave them two days for this challenge, which five, five and each side should be okay and it's mostly a mask thing the rest of the costuming wasn't that important and cowls could be done or not done um so they did this two-day challenge and the fawn was a total fail so they switched to a mama woodchuck and the mama woodchuck just looked like a really bad cartoon thing there was nothing whimsical about it it looked like bad korean animation that wasn't worthy of being in a good cartoon it was just it wasn't good um so, but Nelson pulled off like the sweet tree trunk thing. Um, and Andrew took home the overall winner for team ethereal effects. And yes, even their shitty, uh, woodchuck mama was better than anything. The other team did the twisted five or whatever yeah. you want to fucking call them. Cause he did the, he did the father woodchuck. That was like one of the best makeups that they've ever done on this show. He's like, he looked like fucking Wilford Brimley as a, as a woodchuck. And now Andrew also strikes me as a guy that's kind of of your ilk. Like he's a blood and guts guy, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm sure he he's said, seen like, Basket I'm, Case a million times. <laughs> yeah, he's he said that he's dedicating the win to his mom because she would love to see him finally do something nice and cute instead of like demonic. So yeah, I I, I could sympathize. Which is awesome. I, and I, I like that he just kind of embraced it. And it showed, like, hopefully he showed himself that, like, dude, you're good at this regardless of what the style is. Even though you have a style and an aesthetic, like, people should pay you to do this all the time because you're good at it. Um, yeah, and his company is the shit. Like, if, you know, he makes really awesome stuff that's really high end because uh, those masks are like $600 to $1,000 each. 
he makes silicone masks, and uh, if he can branch out to pretty pretty fairy stuff, then that's even more money right there. Well, but this was, I mean, this was a little more whimsical comedy thing with the woodchuck, but yeah, I mean, I think he could probably, I'd like to see, I'd like to see where he goes this season. I mean, and he's slowly becoming one of the front runners as well. Yeah. Um, so Nick takes the lead for team twisted six. They got the flower house that I mentioned before. And, uh, right off the bat, Mr. Westmore comes in because I only got two days on this challenge. So Westmore comes in and uh, he loves Nick's fairy godmother, but thinks Jill's is pretty much garbage and wasn't entirely wrong. Like Jill was not off to a great start, but it was still pretty early. Like you never know. Um, so Jill, what, what happened? Jill like took a break or something. Well, she, she got pissed because he started sculpting over her stuff and then. Right. So Nick started sculpting just- over it. Yeah, Nick started sculpting over her shit, and then he just completely ripped it apart and started redoing it. Well, she was and, out of the room um, when he did that, though, right? Yeah, because like, when he started fucking with it, she got mad and walked away. She's like, I need to take a break from this, you know, because it's not something that you do. And yeah. uh, like this was this is unheard bad. of in the in the makeup world, like which whether it's a real environment like even if you own the the shop that everyone's working out of and somebody's on your crew like if you're going to start them over or take everything out of a mold that they've done you would tell them even if it's your company and you own it and even then you probably still wouldn't do that you'd probably just start another one yourself like you wouldn't just fucking nuke everything they did the best way to describe it to people that you know might not be as familiar with the makeup industry that might be watching or listening right now. It'd be like going to art school and the art teacher taking the paints out of your hand, fucking ripping out the canvas and putting another one there and painting it and saying, here, turn this in. It was weird. <laughs> yeah. It was one of the strangest things I've ever seen. And obviously Jill was pretty heated, but you know, shit went on and, uh, and the look wasn't good. Big surprise. No. no, and their edges were garbage. It, had, it looked like it had a big fucking gash across the face because they couldn't get the edges down, right? It looked like poorly mashed potatoes all in yeah. all sorts of different ways. It was really bad. It was kind of sad. Um, now, on the good side, Casey knocked out some awesome horns and did some good yeah. work there. Which um, is her, her day job is making horns exactly she has a whole company based on like making horns for shit and then uh joseph like came up with some great color palettes and schemes like put in some solid work so those guys are in the clear uh team is still in the bottom and nick and jill both get called out for this fiasco of redoing the second fairy godmother and how that played out and uh it was it was ugly like glenn as you said I don't know if I've ever seen the the color in his face change like that before. <laughs> no, he's usually so kicked back. Even if he's like criticizing, you know, he even when he's like stern about it, he's not angry and he was pissed. And it's like, okay, like as soon as I saw how mad he was, I'm like, yeah, Jill's not going home. Oh yeah, and it was embarrassing too cuz they had that that hot chick from Lost there too, whatever her name is, and like all in front of a a guest. I like. I felt like it was almost inappropriate that they were arguing like this with a guest there. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's like you're, you're, Elizabeth you're, Mitchell. You're that's her name, one. by the way, Elizabeth Mitchell. 
a bad look for the show. You're going to embarrass us in front of the guests with your fucking horrible Yeah, I felt, I felt like Glenn was going to turn to her at any moment and be like, look, this normally doesn't happen. I'm so sorry. This is so embarrassing that they did this to each other. They're awful people. <laughs> and I half think that that's why at the end of the day, uh, Nick had to go. And you know what bothered me, though, Justin? What's that? Jillian um, called him Michael Westmore again. Oh, Mr. Westmore, Mr. Westmore. I even said Mr. Westmore man's a fucking legend. Show him some respect. I thought his first name was Mr. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Basically how they presented him in every season. Yeah. Like sometimes Mackenzie, she said my dad this week, but she says Mr. Westmore half the time. Byron, I wasn't talking about the song basket case. You dipshit. I was talking about the movie. Sorry. Had to yell at Byron. No, that was that was a really good. No, song. not Green Day. Not, no, not Green Day. Not Green, Green Day. Day. It's a really good song. A lot of no, people. No, like it. not Green Day. Maybe we should tweet the music video from the. No, the no, show. we should tweet we, Bilal sure. Basket Case. No. Yeah, it's on Amazon Prime. Please, Byron. Free. Please watch it. You've made a horror movie. You need to watch Basket Case, Byron. But Justin, do you have the time? Do I have the time? Yeah. Just meet Why, him now what? before he makes the rest of the joke. What time is it, Byron? Do you do you have do you have the time to listen to me whine? No, I don't like Green Day. I would rather be at that Grateful Dead reunion concert going around right now. Wait, aren't they? Who who the fuck's even alive in the Grateful Dead? They can't be any worse than Garcia. He only had nine fingers. All they need to do is find some guy with ten fingers and they're set. Uh, so that disqualifies the Black Power Ranger. Bing, 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 bing. All right. Well, face off, uh, I can't imagine that we're going to get any more drama of that caliber the rest of the entire season, but hopefully we get a whole lot better makeup because honestly, you know nothing there was really earth shattering this week they lost another person so they're gonna get another free person again probably no because it'll be five versus four so i imagine they have to run with four next week and then if they're down to three versus five then they'll have to you know shake up the buffs again uh i still need to watch big brother big brother's on against lucha underground for me and i don't have sling right now i'm still debating whether or not to get sling back so i haven't been watching the east coast feed of lucha underground um, and I was having technical issues with it the last week that I was still able to get it the other way. So I, I'm, I'm really up in arms whether about whether or not I want to continue sling or if I just want to keep watching uh, Lucha Underground on on shitty Time Warner. So we'll see. Because at one point I had canceled Time Warner and just was watching everything on Sling, but now I'm going. I've gone back the other direction. We'll see. Somebody, t- are you doing it? Are either of you guys doing Sling still? Byron, you still no, doing sling? With the new L-Ray on the expanded package, are you still uh, doing it? I am doing sling because I'm not going to have cable in my apartment. Gotcha. Um, but have but you gotten I, the extra tier package to still be able to get Lucha? No, I just did the um, upgrade since I wouldn't be watching Wednesday nights right now anyway. Gotcha. Well, somebody tell me if it's worth it because I'm still the, the, the jury's still out for me. Wait, did I, I say upgrade? Or what did I say? I, I did the I bought it on, I bought it on iTunes. I forgot what I right. said. It's you, you illegally downloaded. It's fine. We we don't mind. I bought it on iTunes, so I get to watch it on my Apple TV in HD. Oh, which is cool. 
I, I, I can abide by that. Listen, it's time to go. Um, this has been a crazy week. I know I said some things. I apologize for the things. I don't apologize. Fuck apologizing. I meant uh, everything yeah. I said. I'm mad at a lot of, lot of people. I'm mad at everyone who learns how to wrestle and puts a mask on and calls himself a luchador when they're not. I'm super duper mad at everyone at Lucha Underground for keeping me out of the temple for more than a year, especially considering the fact that I'm one of the few people that actually still wants to come there. Like, let me back in, tape a show and, and book cross a fucking angle already. So we can see if it's hype or just garbage. Um, super mad about that stuff. Like in, in, super starting to agree with some of the talent that's super mad about that stuff. Like I want, I want to do this. Let's do this before I have to go and work again. Some crazy state where I can't even come to tapings. See what you're doing is you're being the smangry guy. And it's like having fucking son of havoc and son of madness on the same show. Justin, Jesus Christ. Oh, fuck that. I'm super mad about that angle. I just don't get it. I'm, I'm, I'm racking my brain for a way that there's a universe where it's okay. That, Councilman Delgado is dead and son of madness is alive. Um, I just don't know if I can justify that. I'm super mad that Katrina didn't get more camera time. Uh, I'm super mad that Vibra couldn't use Cobra Moon's coaching to get himself a win. Um, I'm super mad at Ryan Bader and Phil Davis. Fuck those guys. I'll beat them both up in an alley. Not afraid because they're pussies. Um, Super mad. I'm just super, super fucking mad this week. I'm mad that Pentagon wasn't on the show, and I'm mad that Pentagon got fucking robbed at gunpoint. There you go. Oh, oh I'm also super mad that Meefloaf loves Cuerno. Pisses me. I, I'm super mad you know, that Meefloaf thinks Sting is better than The Undertaker. You don't think you're so like tough and all that, but how many podcasts did you thumbs down during this podcast? How many podcasts did you go on to their feed and thumbs them down? No, Actually, I, I thumbs down our own podcast to get you guys fired up. Oh, I'm super yeah. mad at thumbs downs. <laughs> I'm, I'm super stoked that I gave someone a thumbs down while we were doing this. I'm not mad that Byron looks a little bit like Kenny the Cleaner today. I'm not mad that Christopher Lee has been with us the whole time. Uh, I'm not mad at the chat room. Thank you guys all for hanging out. We appreciate it from... Vinny to Andre to Krabs to uh, Daniel to who else was in there? Me. I miss anybody. Some British guy. Yeah. Meef. Yeah. I give Meef some love. So um, did Urban show up today? Urban did not show up today. Okay. Yeah. Zeus King was in there. And J Man is probably in transit also or packing his bags. I just want to say. King. Yeah. Big props to Zeus King. That's a, he's an old school head like myself. Like he's he's in my age bracket. If you listen or watch to the MMM show, you are hereby allowed to add King to the front of your name. And um, all right, so I'm going to say King Blackout MMM show shirt. This is my favorite MMM show shirt yet. I want you that can one. get these on Teespring. This is the black and red logo on a black shirt. So you just kind of see the outline of it. And then the back mass mats and mayhem is all blacked out. So it's like you can wear an MMM show shirt and be incognito. I want to be, I can't say it, but I want to be that. You can't say that. We've had enough of that after Raw this week. I'm super mad at Raw. I'm super mad at the N-word being on Raw. Damn, I almost forgot that? about that. Oh. Yeah, it was so much better when it was on Nitro that one time. Well, that was Booker, right? Yeah. That was different. That was no. like, that was the same as 
Willie Mack dropping it. He was taking it back from Hogan. Different, different situations, different environments altogether. And, and ball doing it just was like, ugh. anyway, I'm super mad. I'm going to go and drink a cocktail now because I think that's the only thing that's going to help. You guys got anything else you want to say? I want you to tweet me the link for that shirt so I can support my favorite podcast. Yeah, I will that's do what that. Everyone, everyone needed to hear that. Um, good night, everybody. Stay cool and stay in the mix. Stay hey, cool. Dude. Mix it up, bitch. You guys suck. <laughs> no, that's a Soundgarden song. I heard that. That's like Rusty Chain or something. I should totally quit this show. I should totally <laughs> quit. I should quit. All right. Well, for Byron Fever, for at Lucha Gringo, and at MMM Show, at Justin Harvey 75, until next time, stay calm and stay in the mix. Fuck you, Meatloaf. <laughs> <laughs>